1: This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Craig Karst in Ashman of the Black Tower. And when the blood was sprinkled on the ground where nothing could grow, the children of the dragon did spring up, the people of the dragon, armed to dance with death. And he did call them forth from the wasted lands, and they did shake the world with battle. From the Wheel of Time, Suleimin, chief historian at the Court of the Sun, the Fourth Age. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded and we have answered the call. Today we are covering the Shadow Rising, Part 8, Chapters 50 to the end of the book. And in our village council, we will be discussing uh, a lot of things. Uh, The Top 5 Eye of the World Characters, uh, Land Fear Part 1, and the Camelin conundrum. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's gonna be a big episode today, as yes. so I hope everybody is ready. Wow, what an ending! Let me say, um, you know, I think I think i said at the start of this book, I was like, okay, well, yeah, going, so going, on, going. On, go on. Then again, is this? this book reminded me a little bit more i think of eye of the world where i was like once you get closer and closer to the end you're like okay 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 this is going so yeah right now i would say this is my third favorite of the four Mm -hmm. only because i think it's going to be incredibly difficult to unseat the great hunt because the ending is just so amazing um and then the eye of the world is just so iconic and so big and it's it's well paced all the way throughout um and so i think that's why i have this three of the four so far
1: yeah i like that i mean it's, but i uh, think it might stay
2: towards the top as as we begin adding i, right. I don't see it i don't really see it moving
1: far sure. down but who knows sure Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Let's say let's say your top three stay the same, and it's the it's the third out of out of fourteen books or whatever. That's that's huge. Uh. Yeah. It's going Yeah. I think you're gonna move around, and I, I like that. I like that you go and give kind of your ranking as to you know where this where this fits in. Uh. As we compare it back to other books, because it's a lot. You know, it's one of those things I kept kind of saying. Just gotta hang in. It just it's a slow build, but things just build and build and build, and then by the end. By the end of this, I feel like we're there at Al Kardeh, and we're we're over the all the Iel, and they're out there doing their thing, and stuff is just happening left and right. And you're like, what is going on? One second we're here, the next thing you know, we're opening a doorway, and boom, we are jumping back to Rudion. Like stuff is hitting fast; it's hitting quick, and uh, it's exciting. This is like one of those real exciting endings um, to the book, and the Forsaken are back, and there's. You know, things going on there. So, yeah, it's cool. I can't wait to talk about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, let's dive in as let's head on over
2: to our uh, sort of village council here where today we're going to be talking about our top five characters from the eye of the world that might not make it into season one of the Wheel of Time TV show. So this could happen for a number of reasons. Where are what all is actually going to be in? The Eye of the World, or let's let me, let's say Season 1, I should say. What's going to be in Season 1? What are they going to save so they can save that person for a casting for Season 2? What sto- There might be some storylines with the characters that we've already cast that get expanded upon further than the would-be the first book, maybe the second book. Who knows? Uh, they did have time off, so maybe their original plan was – hey, let's shift this around, easier to get people in with COVID restrictions and everything. And now you have different actors on different sk- recording schedules and things like that. So who knows there? So for whatever reason, let's talk about the characters who we think they might save this person for later or they might get blended or they might get scratched. So
1: um, yeah, let's go ahead and start with number five. as. Yeah, and I I put these in a particular order, so we're gonna go one or uh, five um, and then count to to, to number one, because what we've learned so far um, is that Shadar Logoth seems like it's gonna be a really big deal. Um, We've got the the Dagger promo, we've got concept art about it, we know it's a big deal in the books, Um, it has to be important, it's gonna really draw, I think, a large audience in, like what is this creepy, scary, abandoned ancient city that has mashadar kind of flowing through it so we're kind of thinking you know episode one you also have to really establish uh what i'm going to call like the shire right you have to what are what are the hobbits always fighting for they're fighting for the shire so what are emmons fielders fighting for they're fighting for emmons field right they're fighting for the two rivers so in episode one you've really got to make beltine and you've got to make this this town this nice little um uh, you establish a real good home place that you're going to go out and fight for and protect. So that's episode one. We think then they're going to be traveling towards the end of that into um, Shadar Logoth. And I kind of think we're skipping Berylon. So if we're skipping Berylon, uh, at number five, we have uh, Master Finch, who who is the, um, or Fitch, excuse me, Master Fitch, who is the innkeeper at the Stag and Lion, which is destroyed. And it's kind of a nice stopping point in the books because, you, our characters are learning about the cities. They're learning about like, wow, this is this is huge. They think Berylon is huge. Then they get to Camelin later and they're like, okay, just kidding, right? This is even bigger. So I think it's um, he's a character who's probably going to have to go. You can't get every innkeeper in here. We do know that um, Master Gill from uh, the Queen's Blessing is going to be in this. And so that'll seem to be kind of our give us that inn type of type of vibe. I think they're going to be out in the wilderness, just kind of working their way towards Shadow Logoth. So now, so five also goes with four. And then I'll I'll mention four and then Matt and I can talk about these. But Dane Bornhold is one of the white cloaks that we meet. And we meet him in in Lawn as well. So I think if you're skipping that, you're skipping him. And also, interestingly enough, he hasn't been cast. Jephrim Bornhold has. So I kind of think we might skip Jephrim's son for now and come back to him. So. Right.
2: You know, another thing, another thing to keep in mind is uh, if you look, we've looked at a lot of the answers and we've done a YouTube video of this where they break down these wheel, these wheel of time Twitter um, where they show whatever the, the next piece of concept art is or 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 footage or audio clip or whatever. Um, Rafe Jutkins, the, sh- the showrunner, has gone on and he's answered. Tita's uh, he 10 questions and people get asked whatever they want and he'll pick pick a few and answer them. And he's one of the things that I think caught our eye um, was when he's he's talked about like a lot of the questions have been, how are you going to fit everything in? And he said, um, obviously, we can't directly involve every character, but there will prop he said, but we, we want to pay homage to the series. So there will be a lot of characters who may look a certain way, a character who we this is not even season one. This is great hunt territory. We've said that we probably don't think will happen is Huron. Sure. This isn't somebody. This isn't somebody in our list here. Yeah. Um. Because we're talking about Eye of the World. Yep. But Huron is a character who, you know, right? He's with Ingtar, and he's with that group. It's likely that there actually will be somebody who looks like Huron is described, but they may not. He may not have speaking lights. He may not be, you know, addressed and be part of the thing. And I'm a sniffer and all of this stuff. That may not happen. But one of the things they've said is that there will probably that they want to name as many extras as they can. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's like guard one, guard two. And right. this they the, he said, he's like, you know, that would be some he didn't he didn't use this as example. I'm creating this example. But so that's why I'm saying somebody like a huron, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So it's like some guy, the, whoever the extra is that it would be here would be somebody with Ingchar's group is credited as Huron. So yes. some of these yeah. characters still may show up but they but they won't have a role. You may be, you know, if we're at an inn, we see an innkeeper and he, he has one line of like, what can I do for you today, or something like that, that doesn't mean he's going to be introduced as Master Fitch, and you know, yes. some of the things like that.
1: Exactly, when you could have, and I mentioned Basil Gill being an innkeeper who's, who is cast, so if you take one of um, Master uh, Fitch's kind of lines, and you use it with him, then you've kind of taken that character, and you've you've, you know, molded him in with another really good innkeeper that we like, because we like the Stag and Lion, and uh, money is left and sent back by rain after it's burnt down and stuff. It's it's one of those first kind of stopping points. And I think for some folks, it's going to be hard to see that cut. It might not be. We're just speculating. Um, but based on Rafe's comments, it seems like, yeah, you can't stop at every single inn, all these different locations. And so something has to go. And I just thought it was interesting that Jeffram Bornhold was, has been announced as as a casting, but not his son. Uh, Eamon Valda for The White Cloaks has also been announced. And not Dane. I think Dane's going to, co- you need a wave to come in in that second season. You know what I mean? We need a new um, set of characters who are, are going to show up. And we know what happens to Jeffram Bornhold. So if we're going to get as far as the events of, um, you know, the end, like Falma or The Great Hunt, well, Jeffram is gone. He has a great epic season one, and he seems like a guy who represented the White Cloaks fairly well. Um, and then we meet his son later who's torn up about the loss of his father. So we're, that's, where we're, that's where we're at with Master uh, Master Fitch and, and Dane Bornhold there at, at five and four. Um, and then now this one might be a little controversial. <laughs> I think we're getting to a little, little, little controversy here. Character from Eye of the World that might not make it into season one. Uh, Bale Doman. Which, he hasn't been cast, right? I mean, I looked, I had the he whole... Hasn't, he I went hasn't to Dragon
2: Mountain looked, and there's... And know, again... Again, keep in mind: just because they aren't cast in season one doesn't mean they won't show up in the series. It sure. just may mean that, for whatever reason, you know, with, with turning this into a TV show, they take a character that they say, you know, what we can we can hold off on that person's story until season two or season three. Um, and there are, there will be characters who show up that would show up in in who could show up in season one, but. You know, we I think we can save to introduce them because that's one less actor we have to pay. You know, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into the production of TV.
1: Yeah, and and I'm just kind of thinking. Um, again, we have Bill Doman at uh, at one point. He is the guy who is carrying them. You know, down the river, right? We we get to Four Kings. Um, Tom Maryland is attacked, and you know, we're we're off and running. Do we need that scene? Is there another way to to get by? Or if you have an actor, see, this is where it comes into money and trying to get a good actor to fit. Like, hey, you're only going to be in for one or two episodes, but we need you and we're going to need you more in seasons two and three. You're kind of betting on the fact that the show is going to be successful and that that person's going to come back again um, in later seasons because Bell Doman's great. Um, but we also see him at the end there at, at Falma when we're trying to rescue Egwene. And Nynaeve is making all these, you know, arrangements with him to say, hey, hold up. But that's like the two big places where you see him in the first two books. And we know, being in book four, this guy keeps showing up, you know. And he's a very likable character. He's very interesting. He kind of ties in different regions. I think he is really important. That's the one that I think, as we were looking for five characters, I said, gosh, that's hard to put in there, but i'm gonna go ahead and say it, and we're just gonna see i hopefully people will leave me a comment and uh let me know what you think about bell doman maybe not making it into season one uh number two is um elias elias Ooh. i <laughs> i know right people are how dare you
2: how dare well, I say this right and he elias is so interesting because we do have a casting for aram yes, we do, yes, and, and so, we so have you the would tankers. assume. So you would assume that Elias would be there, but uh-huh. I, I don't I I don't know. I I think that I think that the stop with the tinkers is going to be sh- much shorter. Now there is even concept art for what seems like that 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 event. Yeah. Um but the question is do you bring him in there or do you save him for later?
1: Yeah. So what I'm thinking, you know, after you leave, after the group gets separated by Mashadar and you've got Rand and Matt and Tom going their way, you have another larger group that's fractured. You have Perrin and Egwene going off and finding Elias and learning about um, his powers. And and all he does is is show, he's an example of what Perrin can be. like He can do what Perrin can do. And all he says is you have the gift. It wouldn't surprise me if Moraine, to, if she's the main character of season one and we're trying to make her give her more dialogue and give her more more bits where she seems very wise and understands things from this is this is like before the age of legends like something this is something older than even then like it's just we don't really know what this is with with the kind of wolf brother bond that he has would more rain fill that role and kind of maybe more rain gets to experience some of this stuff with the tinkers and maybe she's even there with the white cloaks when they take uh Perrin Egwene or, or maybe we don't do as much of that, um, uh, perhaps, you know, it's just um interesting to to speculate a bit there on whether Elias would be in this because he's not really um seen a lot afterwards. I mean it's kind of a he's here, Matt keeps asking when's he coming back? You know? Right. He's mentioned. I mean he is mentioned, but when does he step back into the story? So uh yeah, I don't I don't know that, that he's gonna make it in so probably also controversial but (laughs) there yeah well our number one i think is real is going to be really controversial so
2: um our number one character is a is somebody who we do see not i would say really briefly in the eye of the world considering her role going forward Uh, has not been cast yet and a lot of other and there have been other characters that have been that have been cast and that is Elaine mm-hmm. um so Elaine obviously huge character um, um in the series but I the world her role isn't necessarily huge it becomes way bigger in book two and as mm-hmm. it prog- as you progress. Uh, forward obviously a love interest of Rand mm-hmm. um, and so there's a lot of reasons I think we're not going to see her in season one you already have Min who mm-hmm. has been cast um, and we have Egwene and I do think that they are going to explore the Rand Egwene you know initially their sort of love interest kind of thing yeah. and I think they're going to push it out a little bit to to when they decide we're not gonna be a couple it's like wow it's like a big deal because everyone's like oh okay those two are probably gonna end up together um and so and so that and that's one thing then you have men and again you only have eight episodes there's a lot i mean you can't you can't cram everything in there we have the lan and nynaeve story to get to we have you know everything and so some people we've talked about the idea of the pacing of this is season one season one seems like it might even be to the end of the great hunt, which if that's the case, well, then Elaine would be in there. But Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. when you listen to him talk a little bit more, it's like, well, maybe that's not the case. Maybe season one is some sort of blend and who knows how it's going to end. And if, if that's the case, I don't know that you can just cram everything in. Rafe Judkins Mm -hmm. had said, think about it like this, you know, what are the, you know, if we're doing eight episodes, we have like four big locations that's what you're kind of given the ability to do so you can't be everywhere and do everything in yeah. one season
1: what are the four big locations you're gonna pick what if, if you are the listener right now and you're thinking about this show you're rafe you can only Amazon says you can only pick four big ones that's it that's in your budget now you have to decide well we want right. six or seven no 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 they told you four so you gotta pick now so like that's that's the tough spot that I think that they're in and it's, it's why it's an adaptation and it's going to be, it's going to be different. The reason that I said Elaine, and I'm going to get to this. We're going to do another kind of uh, discussion here in just a second about the, what happens in Camelin and how I think it's going to be different in the show than it is in the, um, in the books. But Elaine, I think is someone who could be at the palace is obviously in Camelin When Rand is there, we're just not going to come across her. We're going to hear a reference to her or maybe uh, the back of, of like, you know, she and her brothers walking to the core as more gaze is there. I think we will see more gays. I think we will see Elida and things. And we'll get to that in a second. But that's our, our kind of our top, you know, five there. Just characters who we think might not actually show up that are in the eye of the world that might not show up in season one. Right. Yeah. Is sure. Elaine going to show up in season two? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> I mean, and you know yeah.
1: what? She might be cast tomorrow. I mean, we might put this out, and she's like, right. new casting now. But she Here hasn't been cast as of the recording of this video at right. around three nineteen p.m. <laughs> pa- Pacific time on February twenty yeah. eighth. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about uh, uh, those or other characters we missed. Characters you think maybe should uh, be should should some of these characters absolutely be in there. Uh, or are there other ones that we think might not make it in that are more significant than these characters, too? Mm-hmm. Okay, Ez,
2: uh of got a topic we're going to talk about today, and uh, this go, uh, ties into the uh, our top five characters that we think might not end, end up in Season 1. So it goes along well with that. Uh, that is the Camelon
1: Conundrum. Yeah, and so this is something I kind of came up here with, uh, with the idea that, like, how do you get through um a season one where you don't see the characters of galad gawain and elaine those are major castings right i don't think they've been cast i have a they have not yeah i have have a list here you can go look at great resources dragonmount.com they have all the updated uh casting announcements and as you go through that we don't have any 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 casting I think from the perspective of Rand and Matt coming in, Rand has a few days to explore Camelin. He's talking to uh, Basil Gill, master Gill, uh, the innkeeper, and he meets loyal. So he's going to have some time there to do, to explore. And, you know, in, in the books, he climbs a wall. He happens, he's trying to get a good look at Loghain. Pot on Fane was also there tracking him down. He's, he crazily runs away from him. Um, And, gets a higher perch. Falls in to the palace courtyard. Maybe it's not Elaine who comes by and and sees him. Like how do we get through Camelot and not see Elaine? If that if they're not going to cast Elaine and they're not ready to get someone for like again, we think season 2, sure. Um but if you're going to see Elaine, well then you get if you feel like you have to see Gawain or you have to see Galad, right? And those are really, really significant characters that are, they, they just make an appearance. So, are you willing to, like, hire and pay someone a really high caliber actor to to you know take that on for half an episode, for half an episode to walk down to Morgaze and to be presented to for Elida to look at him and say some ominous kind of things about him and the pattern and her foretelling and you know that
2: you're locking that you're locking into an eight year contract. Right? I mean yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot to it. Now keep in mind the other the other thing is that uh again, Elaine has not been cast as of this recording. She may she may end up being uh being cast, but a character who has been cast, who I think you actually could cut out of season one and move that story to much later is Loghain. Because oh, okay. yeah, Logane Loghain is cast right now and he was one of the like initial cast members announced and his story in the eye of the world is relatively short and then we, I mean we haven't seen him since. Right. And we're at our podcast where we're at right now, we're we're finished you know, we're we're finishing The Shadow Rising and haven't seen him. And so right. the fact that they've cast Logan already, I think should lead us to believe that his story is going to be more involved or expanded or take on a bunch of... There's going to be a bunch of blending Mm -hmm. into Loghain and that he's going to be a bigger focus initially than he is in the
1: books. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you said this before we started, which is like, we probably might have storylines that are postponed, like Elaine's might be postponed and something like Loghain brought forward. The reason you might do that is to elevate Moraine, which they've been talking about doing, which is Moraine being this, this character who is going to... Roseman Pike is going to guide these characters through, and she needs to be the focus of this. And there's a really good reason why she needs to be. And if they're going to do New Spring stuff as well and get some of her backstory, then that way... Like in the books when we first meet her and Suan, and we, we wonder why is the Amarlin seat just letting Moraine run around and do things well... And uh, New Spring, it tells us why. So they've talked about doing a lot more of that. Um, we've got Green Aja members cast. We've got Alana Masvani in there, who very minimal role in, in, in the books, right? And you're like, well, they must be doing a lot more in terms of building the White Tower and building their search for the dragon, if that makes sense. And then along with that, you have the False Dragon. So I've actually thought about something even more controversial, which is, Episode one, we might not even, be, like, Beltine might be episode two. I mean, like, that might be, like, we, we're we searching. Like, a lot of stuff happens in episode one with Moraine and other Aes Sedai and, and the prophecy and different things with Loghain being a false, uh, false dragon and Giladon, and they're sending Red Sisters to go get him. Moraine wants nothing to do with that. That's a false trail. She's going to go to a new place she's found, and she... You know, our main characters might show up in a, in a very, at the end of episode one, as she walks in and meets, you know, uh, Matrim Cawthon, Paranabara, right? She might meet them at the end of episode one, and we have all this stuff happening beforehand. And that I, that might shock people. That might not shock people. That might be crazy. But I'm just saying, it seems that way when you're not announcing, and again, we have no clue. I just kind of think, like, something would have been leaked, or we would have seen a the casting for Elaine. They, they must have pushed it down the line and Moraine can tell us a lot of these things and we could go through Camelin just by seeing Queen Morgaze maybe that's an easier casting and then Elida although they've showed us uh, Leandrin like Leandrin the red sister who who is spoilers uh Black Aja gotcha.
0: <laughs> look out it exists
1: you know I mean so I don't know if that makes any sense. I think there's like what? How do you get through Camelin? How do you go to one of the biggest, the the capital of Andor, and um, work your way through there? Learn, see the magnitude of this. You got to show us Camelin, I feel like is one of those big locations, Mm -hmm. and you got to see low. You got to see the consequences of what happens to a man who can channel the power. It has to be very clear to the audience that. that a man who channels the power will go mad. A false dragon needs to be gentled. And the red Aja will do that.
2: Yeah, and keep in mind another character who I a big a big change you and I have said we think is definitely going to happen is Tom Maryland, we don't think is getting separated. You know, in, in the eye of the world, he's con- they think he dies. Sure. Right? We I, we don't think that's going to happen. We think he's going to end up staying with the group. Well, maybe that's why Logan's role, which I think is going to be a little bit bigger in season one, since he was one of the first people cast. Now you can have a situation where Tom begins to tell Rand in book two about when we when we run back into Tom Marilyn, about his nephew and how his nephew had the power and his nephew was gentled.
1: Mm-hmm, that's and right. so
2: maybe that happens in Camlyn. And it's mm-hmm. Tom having conversations with Rand about my nephew was gentled and begins to cause some distrust between Rand and more rain. You know, you yep. can take some of that and bring that here. And then that would, you know, again, we're talking eight episodes, you know, 60 minutes, right? 48 minutes, however long you're going to go. Yeah per per episode you can't get everything in so that's a storyline i think you could begin to bring forward with tom who i think will have a much expanded role because tom's only in the first few chapters and then he's he's gone yeah. from the rest of the book because they think he's dead but i don't th- i do not I, you and i both said we don't we think that that the, that they're going to bring tom in and tom is going to be a, he's just he's going to go the whole way through i, I don't i don't think i don't think you're going to lose him yeah I don't think I don't think because they've cast him and they they one of the first things they the sh- one of the first things they've shown is his guitar That's and, and right. they 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 on the on the Twitter on the on the Wheel of Time Twitter they they want he's going to be a big deal,
1: yeah and I really like what you said about him helping add context to what Rand is seeing in Caimlin so this all this this all kind of started from me thinking about Caimlin how do you navigate through there without seeing Elaine, Gawain and Galad but. Um, I think you're right. Tom, Tom might be there and he can add context to that and and then add emotion to it with his nephew. You know what we might also see is we might even see the Amerlin seat, like actually uh, pronounce a sentence of like, like pronounce judgment and say, this man needs to be gentled. We might actually see him be gentled because I think by the end of this season one, that's a big, I mean, bold prediction. We're going to see we're going to see Loghain actually gentled. We're going to see sisters surround him and we're going to see them cut him off from the one power. The reason we're going to do that is because when our favorite character, you know, whether it's of, of I guess, the, of the, your Emmons, not favorite, whatever, when our lead character, I, I like Rand a lot. And I think he's going to be very likable in season one, but by the end, when we're watching our characters wondering who can channel, which of these boys can channel and it's Rand and we're like, oh no. Stay away from Moraine. They, they right. will gentle you. They will gentle you. Like, you want the audience to feel like, I mean, you want them theorizing, thinking, is Moraine going to turn him in? Like, did Moraine actually now find him? Are they going to control him or are they going to gentle him? What are they going to do? So, yeah, there's, there's kind of a lot um, going on there. And that's the way they can kind of breeze through Camelon and make Camelon a, a really cool spot, but not yet introduce those characters. We don't need to talk to Elaine and Gawain and Galad yet, um, if that makes sense right exactly and one of the and one of the things you got to keep in mind is essentially you know people's
2: plot lines come down to this there's one point you know all these plot points is you know how do i tell the story of this arc i don't have to tell it in in a 14 15 season thing because they're not going to have that but what's what's the meat and potatoes of this arc right like ran's Back and forth, sort of distrust to anger to wanting to do things his way with the Aes Sedai. You know, you you can tell that in a lot of different in a lot of different ways. I think Tom Maryland going to be a driver of that. And then, you know, season one, you're establishing these characters. Who are they? You know, you can't you can't you with eight up ep, eight episodes is a lot less than fifty three chapters, right? Uh, so it's just a lot less. Then in season two, where Elaine is probably going to show up. Um, you now have a Tom Maryland who we're established on. Okay, we get it. He's a gleeman. He travels. He's got some history with his nephew. Well, now we we've, now you begin to start having these characters split up and, and do things. And we already know who Tom is. Okay, well, Tom now, we know Tom has a history with Elaine. Mm -hmm. Okay, And you have that. And then you'll also have the aspect of Tom has tried to convince Rand that the Aes Sedai are bad. And here he has Elaine, who is an Aes Sedai, but she's also a love interest of Rand. And does that create some sort of interesting sort of triangle and dynamic? And you can do that differently in the TV show, but still tell the overall story.
1: Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. You're exactly right. I think Tom with his relationship with more and Camlyn, can help fill in some of those gaps and is something that will really bond uh, like a, a larger audience to Elaine when she shows up, not only her relationship with Rand, but then with Tom and then their connection back to Camlyn and the early days of, of, of queen more So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, leave us a comment on that. Tell us what you think. I think it's just kind of a cool, you know, um, Thing to think about like what are they gonna have to do put yourself in the seat of rape judkins and others and say how do you get through Camelin? if you were and if that's the given if you're not going to cast elaine uh and and her brothers so all right um one more thing here let's let's dive into something else here that, that's it, that's interesting for our um for our 100 companions over on patreon we've been doing some character studies okay some character examinations and this one's important today this is a sampling of what that is over there i want to give a shout out uh to lord zedley zedley for the recommendation he wants us to cover land so we will cover land on patreon uh, moraine's warder and we'll talk about like his progression his path so far up through the shadow rising now today because it as as it relates strongly to the shadow rising part eight we are going to cover um so for our character examination today land fear part one Landfear part one. We're gonna track her story through the beginning all the way to this point. Okay? And I'm gonna give you kind of a quick summary. Because Matt knows, significant, significant mm-hmm. character. <laughs> like, I mean, big deal. She just I but she she's she's a mystery. So we have her original like release, okay? So she's been released. She begins hunting for Rand and she's looking for Luce Theron, her lover. She's tracking him, trying to find him, looking for the effects of the Teverin. Uh, aavi and on the pattern, trying to narrow that down, and we catch up with her kind of in the great hunt when she's disguised as celine, and very simply uh she helps Rand and Matt navigate the the portal stones sir matt didn't trust her out the gate didn't trust her, which i i i uh, you know you you and huron were like in tune there, both sniffing things out early on with celine so um but yeah she we find out. At the end of that book, at the very end, in um, after the Battle of Falma, Celine S- um, Lanfear appears to Men, right? Tells Men to take care of him when when Rand is hurt. So that's the end of the um, the Great Hunt, and we get into this sort of phase. So that's her first kind of disguise. So she 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 continues to disguise herself throughout uh, the series. So next up in the Dragon Reborn. Um, she goes under uh, various guises here. Let's see which one. Uh, we did. We already went over Celine. She then tries to seduce. Well, she's seducing Rand with 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 Celine. Um, she then is at the tower, I believe. Yeah, Els Grinwell um, in the White Tower. Now you ready for this? We have a casting for the Grinwells, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. We're gonna get maybe Matt and and Rand passing through a a farm or a, a, a little spot in the show where they're going to stop by the Grinwells. They're going to see Els Grinwell and we're, we're going to know out the gate early on in those episodes. Oh, that's Els. When we see Els later on, you know, we're, we're going to be like, wow, okay, it's just Els. No, it's not my friends. It was not Els Grinwell in, in, in the white tower. Um, it actually was uh, Celine who was giving really good information to Nynaeve, Elaine and Egwene about the belongings of the 13 black Aja sisters. Um there in the tower because they've been caught um, we know, after the adventure of the great hunt, they were uh kind of kind of caught. It's it's well known now that the black odja does exist, they captured Egwene and turned her over to the Shanjin. So um, uh, but she so yeah, that's kind of the great hunt into the dragon reborn. At the end of the dragon reborn, though, we do get a lot of conversation with her. She shows up, um, I'm sorry, no, not at the end of that, she's, she's in it, uh, we overhear a couple of interesting things, let me see here, yeah, so she reveals her true identity to Ran uh, in his chambers in the Stone of Tear. okay, and she shields him when she tries to convince him uh, to rule the world with her under uh, the Dark One. Uh, there's a point where she is revealing herself, and we catch glimpses of her in the dream world. That's what's, that's what's interesting about about land fear. she is her domain. she often says that Teleron Riyadh is her is her domain and she can do a lot of things in there. She's probably the most powerful um, individual in that world up to up to this point. So we've seen her you know talking to various um, forsaken or dark individuals. You said at one point you you caught the whole conversation with a Baal Zaman, remember mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you, you were saying how, like basically, essentially, Balsamon was was in something that he had said to Lanfear had admitted that he was not the dark one, the dark one. Right. Which is mm-hmm. which is which is kind of cool. So and that's just like one little quick line where you're like, OK, now, wait a second. We thought that he was because we beat him in Falma. Uh, he, he plagued us in the eye of the world and he's back here again. What's 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 going? Who is this guy then? You know, if he's if he's not the dark one, he's already uh, pretty powerful so we see um, her there now in this book so as we started off in this book and we're in tier remember we were in tier for quite some time um landfear is they are trying to convince rand to to join her so she is like luce Theron's former lover and we we catch we we figure that out like she has a soft spot for rand rand has a forsaken right there and he even can't like kill her or do anything like he doesn't really go all out and just get this rage and want to you know try and try and beat her she's also trying to kind of help him in a way um she shields him lets him go there's a there's an attack by another forsaken in tier. she doesn't aid in that but a gray man is trying to attack uh and assassinate rand and and they eliminate that um Rand will leave behind Kalendor, and she scolds him for that Instead of taking it or, or giving it away or doing something, she's almost like helping him, right? And you probably figured out here in, in The in the Shadow Rising, at the end of this, she has now teamed up with Osmodian, and Osmodian and her are traveling together to keep near Rand, and her whole point, the whole plot line uh, with, with Osmodian is that she has tricked him into staying close to her. She's going to use him to help train Rand. What she says in the very beginning of this book is that you're not using one-tenth of the power that you could. You don't know what you're doing. You need a teacher. And she cannot teach him. Women cannot teach men how to use that half of the power. Um, so she knows that she needs someone. And this is where the Osmodian Landfear kind of alliance takes place. And they're disguised among dark friends. So... It's just, I mean, that's kind of up, up to this point. We'll talk later on in this episode about, you know, everything that Landfear kind of does at the very end of the shadow rising. But really I think that's, that's sort of part one for Landfear is, is we took her from, um, being referenced, being referenced in the eye of the world. And then the, the great hunt, um, all of her trickery there, her, her disguises, she has more disguises here in, uh, The Dragon Reborn as Els Grinwell. Then in The Shadow Rising, she's disguised as... She's kind of a heavy... So before, she was very beautiful as Selene, right? And then um, Mm -hmm. even Els Grinwell has just kind of got that uh, young girl aspect to her. Now she disguises herself as a very... um, An older, kind of heavier-set woman that uh, is is in among Kadir's wagons with, with them as they're traveling through the Waste. So she... That one, did you see that one, by the way, Sir Matt? I guess I'll ask you that. Like, did you see no. that that was Lanfear coming, right? I did that one? No, that one I didn't. Yeah. And so the first couple times, like, it's a really good disguise. I mean, it seems kind of, there's something mysterious. Reading Portal Stones. She, it's right. almost like she some, hasn't the, quite gotten her game right. back. Like, Celine, there was something going on, right? Yeah. 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 And then and then you, you well, and even Els Grinwell. We also the tar-
2: had the, and and remember, yeah. we also had the the dark friend social in the in the yes, prologue yes. of the great yes. hunt in which there is a woman
1: yeah speaking
2: yeah. and then this mysterious woman shows up and so it's like okay well i think something's right. going on there
1: yeah you're almost you're almost clued in to start hey don't forget about the dark friends don't don't forget to look around for these mysterious individuals who maybe know too much um or act in mysterious ways i mean when Egwene is uh, chasing elves and turns a corner and she's gone she couldn't have ran that far, that quick, that fast, or whatever. How did she disappear? It's right. Landfear. You know, it's Landfear. So, anyway, um, yeah, there you go, guys. Just a quick part one, Landfear, just a catch up, just to kind of cover all of that. How did we get to this point? Because now we're introducing a new character, Osmodian. So. All right. I think we're ready to dive in here, my friend. We're ready to dive into the the chapters now. So, and and actually, um, if we're gonna do that, I, I, I got to hit my my bubbly uh, bounce. You know, I got my mm-hmm. I got my drink here. I got my caffeinated drink. Uh, we've been at this all day. This has been great. We've been making the dock. Guys, it's been a, it's, the... it's it's been a, it's been a long,
2: well, really past twenty four hours. As and I have just been hammering <laughs> out stuff, getting stuff, getting 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 stuff ready, creating maps and all, everything, all of the all of this yeah. stuff um, uh, to get going here. So. Um, and actually, you remember so odd oddly enough,, uh, you remember, I was, you know, without power, right? We did that episode with Sir Jimmy, um, which was like delayed because it was supposed to come out like the week before, and then my big snowstorm hit Portland and we didn't have power. I didn't have power for eight days. i I didn't even have i had I didn't even have a one power for eight days, right? so we recorded that like last week so now we're recording this one to get ready for the first and so it's like sandwiched together so it's a lot of wheel of time so i've blasted through really the last however many chapters kind of all at once in fact so much that on our extended edition we talked about some of the stuff that happened last time and also this time in this yeah. in this block in this block of chapters so really good the ending is whoo it's it's good the, the ending the ending of this is, is is really good there's three kind of i will say plot lines going on um and so
1: let's go ahead yes yeah. yeah let's dive in i mean so what i thought we would do you know sometimes we kind of tackle these chapter by chapter and uh, like we'll almost go kind of in order we might just go in in arcs and we might just save the rand arc For we might go if you want to. It's up to you because we have the chapters here in front of us. The the summaries we can kind of bounce around. If you want to, we could kind of talk about some of the stuff with uh, like Tanchico and uh, like Wayne and Nynaeve. And then we have basically two chapters of Perrin, big Mm -hmm. stuff with Perrin. And then we've got all the stuff with Rand. So it's like big. It's like there's a lot. So I kind of think bigger takeaways. um, It is, yeah. It
2: it is it is bigger takeaways. And I think what we're gonna do for extended edition for the Patreon is we're gonna do kind of like a bigger like full book kind of discussion, right? And yeah. up to where are yeah. we at now with the whole story, right? Everything. Like whole, yes. whole, whole kind of thing, because we were trying to figure out well, what chapter do we save for extend, And we're like, I don't know that we can save any of them, man. It's all big stuff. And so we're, yeah. So, um, so chapter 50 traps, 51 revelations in Tanchico, 52 need, uh, 53, the price of a departure 54 into the palace 55 into the deep Fifty six golden eyes. Fifty seven, the break a breaking in the threefold land. Fifty eight, the traps of Rudion, and yeah, and so that's the that's where we're at.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, do we want to go Tanchico Tan and just do the uh, let's uh, go. Uh, yeah, let's Nynaeve. let's go with
2: let's go with let's go with Tanchico, Elaine, and yeah. Nynaeve. Um, and uh, we're gonna meet somebody really cool, uh, <laughs> here, here, here in a bit. Um. Yeah. So Elaine, so this is so right now we're on fifty one revelations in Tanchico. Elaine and Eve and Egianan are in the chamber of falling blossoms, eating. As they dine, they speak of a war between Aradoman and Terabon. When Rendra enters the room, she joins in the conversation. Elaine thinks of Egyanen and how she and Nynaeve are spending so much time with her, not realizing who Egyanen is. They both like her very much. At the moment, Egyanen is questioning Elaine and Nynaeve about Aes Sedai in an attempt to learn why the Adam is able to call her a Suldam as well as a Damani. Egyanen then tells both of the others that she knows they are looking for someone. You have not made any real effort to keep a uh, secret from me that you are looking for someone. She is just about to start questioning them when Bail <laughs> Doman walks mm-hmm. into the room. He begins to say that he, f- he has found the black Aja when he sees Egyanen. You, he shouts. Upon mm-hmm. seeing him, Egyanen jumps up from the chair and tries to punch him in the stomach. But he catches her wrist and they fight. Bael comes out victorious, pinning her to the floor with a boot on her shoulder. Elaine, not knowing what to think, weaves air around both of them. What is the meaning of this? At the same time, Nynaeve demands that that Baal Doman release Egyanen, and he reveals that she is a Shan-Chan. At first, Elaine and Nynaeve do not know whether to believe him, but when Egyanen does not deny it, they begin to realize the truth. Now, I got to say, then it gets kind of, then it gets really interesting, and I almost feel, in a way, I almost feel bad bad, honestly, for Egeanen a little bit, Mm -hmm. because while she is a Sean Chan, she kind of like she kind of acknowledges that what they do is wrong a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find yourself actually rooting for her in that way. She'll yeah. maybe, you know, sort of change her way and that the girls can come to some kind of understanding because they need and they're become beginning to become friends, right? right. Um right. and see that there are there are actually there's maybe they have some more similarities than they think because it's not like the Sean Chan themselves are bad people i mean you got to view it it's not like they in their own mind that it's a different culture Is how i kind of view it and in their culture that's how they do it now over here we may say well that's wrong but it's like this entire culture has this belief system Mm -hmm, that is different mm -hmm. and challenges this other belief system and sometimes it's like you know
1: you have to, you, that's how you sometimes have to go into these things. Yeah. And that's tough, right? Is that, uh, we, we've had issues with that in, in our real a li- real world history, which is like, you know, our culture once was this way and we had to change it. You know, we had to, we had to evolve mm-hmm. and move beyond really nasty bits of, of, of our culture, technology, communication. You know, it's interesting. You see in the wheel of time as, as communication increases and, and groups sort of come together and you learn from one another, how they advance. And how they make progress. And we, we know that from our own histories. Egyanen uh, is an example of that. She is now basically running experiments. Trying to figure out what in the Are all Sudom like this? If that's the case. If this gets out. This secret could break us. And it maybe should. And then she starts to realize. Like, like you said. She likes Elaine and Nynaeve. They're, they're not bad. She enjoys talking to them. Even though she's pumping them for information a little bit. Um, Bale Dolman was there at Falma. And he he recognizes her earlier. Eggyanin was like when she was in the uh, which bar in it was. She sees Beldomen and like doesn't want him to see her because she knows that guy knows who I am. He'll out me. You know he's gonna call me out. So now he sees her and then word is out that she's Chen and the you know the rest of this Elena and Nineveh, they're shocked. They're shocked that she is Shanchen. Uh, to move us on here a little bit more, they are. They're suspicious that maybe she's a dark friend and, and you know, all this kind of stuff. They, 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 <laughs> they're talking about, I mean, they again, and you can see why they would think that, they're hunting the Black Aja. Is this person in their midst trying to get more information? You know, they don't like the Chen there's all of that. Nynaeve really kind of takes issue with it. Um, so, yeah. So, so, Bael Doman talks a little bit about that. He's talking more about two of the women at the Panarch's palace that he found that he thinks are Black Aja. Um, and he asked if he can speak to Nynaeve alone. Um, But, yeah, they they basically say, you know, tell us what's up. Next to enter, then, is Tom Marilyn, and he wants to speak with Nynaeve alone, saying he has important news, and Nynaeve says that she doesn't have time. They just found out about the Black Sisters in the Panarchs Palace. Tom is shocked, um, as this is the news that he wanted to relay to Nynaeve. Elaine asked Tom if he has any any information on whether Amatera um, could be a dark friend now that's interesting because they're searching for dark friends which could connect them to the black aja and elaine's thought here is that if the panarch who's being put forward knows the black uh, these black sisters it might be that like that person's like whoever's rising to power and is being maybe lifted up by the black aja that person might be a might be a dark friend or maybe not and we kind of find out that they go on a rescue mission later on and we'll try to save her because she's she's not. So they sit down to talk, they narrow down that Amatera probably um, is either a dark friend, um she thinks that the Black Sisters are normal Ayes Sedai, uh she is their prisoner. So those are the three things that they come up with this pan arc. And Tanchico, like this, it's it's not good. Things are not good over here. You know, there's a lot of really Kind of crazy stuff. They're in the midst of this. The funny comical bit here is that uh, the, each of the men keeps running in with information, trying to like be the one to right. tell Nynaeve, We got you. We got the information. We know what's going on. And she's just like, I don't have time for this. But actually, that's really significant news. Okay, fine. And so you get all of this uh, information as they've been out kind of gathering, you know, different different tidbits. Um, so, um, yeah, they're talking about guarding them. And there's a, there's a bit more conversation in this chapter. Just about what to do. Egyanen spends the night with them. So they do not let her go because they suspect her of being a dark friend. She could be. She's Shanshin. Uh Nynaeve wants to bind her hands. And then she demands that Elaine give her the stone ring. Uh Terrangrial telling the younger woman to wake her up in an hour after Nynaeve is asleep. Elaine and Egyanen talk a little bit. Egyanen says that she's terrified. And Elaine tells her that no matter how much Nynaeve hates her, they won't harm her. So, you know... Really um, in- interesting thing, Nynaeve is ticked because she loves Egwene, and Egwene was captured, and, and Adam was put right, on her.
2: tortured, yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, well, that leads us into Chapter 52, Need. Um, so,
2: Nynaeve uh, goes into the Teleron, Teleron Riyadh uh, version of the Heart of the Stone, right? Um, she's still pondering the situation with Egwene, though her thoughts eventually shift to wondering where Egwene is. She can't help but think that if if anybody could jump out at her while she is waiting, and while and when Egwene, Amise, and Bear arrive, it is uh, to find Nynaeve dressed in armor. Nynaeve, embarrassed, quickly changes back into two <laughs> reverse garments. There's always so much of like changing clothes in this. In this, I know. Like, I know. In this, it's like so. It's it's <laughs> it's so interesting. Egwene uh, tells Nynaeve about the Trolloc and the Drakkar attack at Col- on Cold Rock's Hold, and they go on uh, to say that Moraine is frustrated because Rand will not tell her his plans. She also mentions she's worried about Rand. I don't know whether it's madness or design. I could almost bear it either way if I knew. Uh, she says, um, I'll admit it, This, um, I'll admit it isn't prophecy or toman guiden Ga- that make me anxious right now maybe it is foolish but I promised Elaine to look after him and I do not know how Mm-hmm. Um, Nynaeve follows up by relating to Egwene that what has been happening in Tanchico and that they still don't know what they're looking for. She asks if there's any way for her to get into Amatera's dream in order to find out if she is a dark friend or not. And Bear tells her that she is foolish. When Nynaeve snaps at the wise one, she finds her hair split into two braids and with red ribbons and that she is wearing a short skirt and a loose white blouse, which is what the young girls wear among the Aeol. She struggles, but but eventually manages to regain her normal clothing. <laughs> um, so Nynaeve is seemingly desperate to get a ho- to get help and find out why she and Elaine should be looking for. If there's anything you can do to help, anything you can tell me at all, the wise ones tell her about a technique that centers on need. Then she, then they, uh, they tell her if she concentrates on what she needs, a way to keep the black Godra from finding a device that control Rand. That concentrating on that will, uh, on that need will bring you near to what you want. Concentrating on the need again will bring you closer. Each step brings you near until at least, until at last, you are not only in the valley but standing beside what where water needs to be found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They then make plans to, again to meet in a, in in about a week. Yeah. Um. So Naini begins to concentrate on the city of Tanchico and then the Panarch's palace and then what she needs to find. She finds herself in a, a bedchamber located in the palace. and a bedchamber she finds Amathera and uh, Tamale. Tamale. T- Tamale. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, one, of the, one it, of the
1: black sisters. Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Um. Is forcing the Panarch to swing. Um. To sing songs, Nynaeve shifts to another place, uh, in the in the Panarch Museum. There she finds a woman who she does not know wandering about, thinking it could be a black sister she doesn't know about. Nynaeve is about to embrace the source when she spies Burgett. Mm-hmm. She is distracted and the woman disappears. The hero tells Nynaeve that it was uh, Mogadine who she had seen. They stand there and they're talking about numerous things, the wheel, follow and why Brigette is speaking to Nynaeve when she should not be. Uh, if it is thus that uh, Gaidal Kane finds mm. them and, rep- and re- um, reprimands Brigette for speaking with Nynaeve, they argue shortly and um, Gaidal ends up completely ignoring Nynaeve. So yeah. as we're talking, yeah. we're we're talking to in the dream world right now, yep, Burget Silverbow. Who know. I will say when I was looking up stuff before we even started this series, when we were trying to come up with a name, and actually we came up with the name Heroes of the Horn, uh, because I was as I was like, well, let's just look up let's let's look up stuff and remember as has read the series i haven't at this point i knew a couple things like randolph Thor, you know whatever um and i was like well this girl sounds cool burgette Silverbow. that sounds yeah. so i clicked oh, on yeah. her and as is like oh yeah dude she's pretty cool and i was like well she's a
1: hero of the horn and he's like yes,
2: that's yeah that's it i was like who are these guys these guys sound awesome
1: yeah th- yeah this is a big deal that we meet her actually she's um She's really cool. I mean, I, I it's it's crazy the things that pop up in the dream world, you know? Like it's just wild that um the, like we keep learning more about what you can do there and why are the heroes of the horn hanging out in the dream world? What's what's up with that? And then who are these mysterious people that she's seeing? Uh, but, but yeah, Gidele Kane is there and basically tells her, "Hey, you're saying too much." Like this goes against um like right. a code right this goes against like we are not allowed to these these presets that are you cannot interact in this way and she's already maybe violated some of them because she's very interested in and in, in these folks and she's kind of keeping an eye on things so she gets a little reprimanded from Guido kane her her lover and and yeah. that and that in itself was really interesting because
2: she's talking about Guido kane and for starters, when he walks up, Nynaeve is like, it's just not what I expected. He's kind of a short, ugly guy. Um, and here's this like sort of beautiful legendary hero Burgett Silverbow. But Burgett says something kind of interesting. She's she talks she's talking about like the pattern a little bit, and she's saying that like he was he's usually born before me, um, but then mm-hmm. I will always mm-hmm. find him.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: That's really yeah. kind of all
1: the, all she kind of says on it and then he kind of stops her but right right yeah cuz they're just curious on this on on how does that work how are you how are you spun back out what's what's the whole thing she's lived all these different lives yeah um yeah so that's neat you know another thing that's interesting in that chapter is that the wise ones are telling her that need great need will get her to where she needs to go and that if she focuses on need that will She shifts and boom, she's she's somewhere, she doesn't know where, but she's thinking about this need to find the Black Aja, what takes her to certain artifacts and certain people. And so that's really interesting. Uh, More rain in the eye of the world. Remember when she was trying to find the eye of the world, she said, we have the greatest need. Our need is great. Therefore, we will find it. It was one of those things. So I don't know if there's any, you know, extra connection there or not, but that's the one thing I remember where they were talking about great need. Um, being a tool that you can focus on to get you where you want to go, so mm-hmm. yeah, man. And then and then you mentioned it. Um, I always say so. There's two ways to say these names, right? It's either Mogadian or Mogadine. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. heard it both ways in the audiobook. It's said both ways in the audiobook. And then you've got and Brigitte and <laughs> Brigida. Like right. Both ways. So I just wanted to make. The, I think Matt said them right both both times. Um, but I just wanted to say if I say it a different way. Uh, I actually have go, I go back and forth. One time I was talking to you and I said Mo Gideon, and one time I said uh, Mogadine, and you're like, "Who's that? Two different right. people? No, it's the same person." Yeah, i so different. I feel like I feel like I think he does say
2: Berge, Bergetta in the audio book. Yeah, like, but I feel like Berget Silverbow is who when I hear when I've heard people outside of like the book say it, that's yeah. what they've said.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I, I, I'm, I'm fine with anyone. Yeah, we'll find out when the show tells us for sure, but I'm right. like... They might change it. They, they might change, change it to Bridget. Bridget I mean, oh, Bridget. My, people Bell. will lose their minds.
2: People <laughs> well, you know, them. you never know. It's, uh, you know in yeah, Game of Thrones he, in Game of Thrones in the audiobook it's Peteyre and then the, the show they're like well that's obviously going to be Peter I mean come on now it's a, a much easier <laughs> yeah. name to say so so who knows right um okay let's shift to Perrin I think and then we'll end with Rand so as we actually keep going here chapter 53 we are back to Emmon's Field right Um, so the women's circle and village council are all in the wine spring inn. The women's circle is sitting around a table going over a list of supplies while the village council is talking about battle. The men are talking about weapons. Perrin hears a woman say they can't let the men know they are living on half rations since the men need to keep up their strength. Um, uh, uh, there's a message for Perrin the white cloaks have brought in a man who wants to talk to you, he won't talk to anybody else, he's hurt. Um, And then they bring him to the edge of the village. Perrin, Fayil, and Aram all leave the inn to speak with the messenger. They find the man surrounded by villagers and farmers with an arrow stuck in his chest. Upon Mm. learning that Perrin, golden eyes, has arrived, the man begins to speak. We are coming. Sent to tell you. Uh, he can he can barely finish his sentence and the and the man dies parent thinks maybe uh, he means a family um, is making their way towards Edmondsfield Emmonsfield for protection uh, just as fail is trying to convince parent to get some sleep a young boy runs up to tell parent that there's something moving in the Westwood they soon learn that it is loyal and loyal is running towards the village carrying gall um, and, and Parent is like, uh, he's going to, he has a sort of internal monologue when this happens, like P- loyal, you fool, you know, like he, he did mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. And, and and so Gaul's limping, he's hurt. Right. Um, but then they tell them they were able to close the way gate and loyal 's carried Gaul like the whole way. um, there's possibly 2,000 Trollocs in the Two Rivers area, despite even the fact that the way gate has been closed. However, Luke rides up and says that is more likely less than 1,000. He, um, he then presents Perrin with a trophy, the head of a murdral. When he leaves, Loyal and Gaul still insist that the number of Trollocs is higher than what Luke thinks. Perrin tells Loyal and Gaul to get some sleep. I'm afraid your bedroom has half a dozen tinkers now, but Mr. Salvier will make you make you something up. Um, it's time for you uh, to get some sleep. Upon hearing this, Fael, uh convince Perrin that he needs sleep as well. Perrin falls asleep and finds himself in a wolf dream. He's looking around. Um, he, uh, he sees a few things. Egwene stood among a crowd of women, fear in her eyes. Nynaeve was one of them, and he believed he saw Elaine's red-gold hair. Next, he sees Matt standing naked and bound, snarling an odd spear with a black shaft that had been thrust across his back behind his elbows and a silver medallion, a fox head hung on his chest. The window shifts again. This time, he sees Rand. He's wearing rags and a rough cloak, and a bandage is covering his his eyes. Um, Perrin then uh, finds himself wearing a blacksmith's long leather vest and no shirt, with a hammer at his side. He concentrates on the axe, thinking he's no longer a blacksmith who needs a hammer. Slowly, the hammer changes into an axe. A quiver feels filled with arrows appears on his other hip. He finds a longbow in his hand and he begins to run. Um, he finds himself three miles from the village near a Trolloc camp. He finds burned wood and great black iron cauldrons that hung, that hang over cook fires. Next, he circles around to Emmons Field and finds more cook pots. As the number adds up, he realizes there are indeed 2,000 likely more Trollocs in the area. He begin he keeps moving. He sees burned farms, the destroyed Tawathawan Caravan, and eventually arrives at Devon Ride, where he finds about half a dozen Trolloc camps. Next... He goes to Watch Hill, and there's a few camps here as well. Taran Ferry is all burned. Uh, he begins to ponder what happened, and, su- and out of kind of out of the woods is Slayer, who tries mm-hmm. to kill him with an arrow. Um, and Perrin, uh, uh, Perrin and Slayer are going at it. as yes, yes they are. And Perrin yes, are. hits him in the mm-hmm. chest yep. with an arrow. Yep. Now suddenly, Perrin wakes up thinking he has killed Slayer in in the dream world that he that he that he's dead, mm-hmm. and the next thing we begin to know is that somebody. Somebody uh-huh. is uh, injured in the real world. Yep, and kind Suspicion. of is race is racing away, uh-huh. and who is it? Lord. Lord.
1: Luke, <laughs> gee, didn't uh, see that one coming! <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's yeah, that that was um, that's kind of cool though, right? I think you were, you were onto it out out the gate. It's one of those things that's it's fun. See, that's I think a, a fun thing for the reader. Like, it's got to be him, got to right. be him. And then when you shot, you're like, and then then what happens with Luke, you're like, they're connected. Or if you didn't see the connection. It's, it's both, it's good right. both ways. You're either rewarded because you got it or you're rewarded when you're like, oh, they're connected. What? Right. Wild. And so I, I, and so I talked to a couple of people, one of which
2: my brother, Jeremy, um, and I was, I was sending, I sent him like a meme and I was like, parent, I was like parent realizing that like Slayer is Luke. And it's just like, and I was like me, it's like me just like rolling my, you know, it's like a, a rolling an eyes thing. But so I, I actually going back on it, you know, we were, we do see Celine show up. And the whole time you're like, okay, there's something mysterious about her. Then at the end, she reveals herself to be Lanfear. But I don't think that the name Lanfear – somebody correct me if I'm wrong, which I could very well be. I don't think the name Lanfear is said in The Great Hunt until at the end when she says, that's my real name. And it's like, oh, she's actually a Forsaken. Mm -hmm. before. And so here I feel like it's kind of a similar thing where it's like, okay, here's this mysterious guy who shows up who seems to know a lot. Oh, Now there's also this guy Slayer that Perrin keeps running into don't see Slayer and Luke in the same room who knows what's going on there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so this time I think maybe it is just Robert Jordan setting it up in a way that it's like now we we as the reader should know this but we will get to see it we will get to see Perrin figure it out
1: yeah yeah for sure I don't know if
2: I don't know if it is supposed to be surprising to us
1: gotcha yeah 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 yeah, it's it's, it's a surprise for that for that character. We're watching a character deal with that, and we're watching Perrin right. dramatic. Come that's to the, dramatic the, irony. That's yeah, yeah the, where the we kind of know right. something. Yeah, more more that's clues the, were given to us, the audience, and we kind of are in the know when our characters aren't, and that's supposed to build that suspense. So there's different ways to do it, which is, you know, and, if, and again, that's why I say it's double reward. Whether you saw it or not, um, you're either like Perrin, going they're one and the same. At that point, you're saying nope, they're the same. I can't believe that. Or you're saying, I knew this all along. Wow, let's see how Perrin takes it. Let's see how Perrin reacts to it. And so, yeah, it's really cool. And we're seeing um, in the dream world, Perrin just saw glimpses of all his friends, Egwene like and Matt and Rand and Rags and Matt, you know, with Yashandari and different things going on. So he's kind of keeping, you're seeing in that world that he can almost keep tabs on them and, and see what's see what's up. So a lot of different powers and it seems to be, He seems to be very strong in that world, you know. Mm -hmm. So does Slayer, but but Perrin, you know, Perrin got him. So
2: yeah, right. Um, Okay, and so uh, the rest of this actually, this chapter, um, big (laughs) deal. Right. So Perrin, so Perrin finds Fael and he wants her to do something. He wants him. He wants her to take. He wants him. He wants. He wants her to take a message for
1: him yep. to
2: Camelin to yep. basically say we're under we siege, need, we need help, we need we help. help.
1: Yeah, we're we're surrounded, they're surrounded.
2: Right, and Faeel says um, she thinks that she the way she kind of uses it is, Parent thinks he's going to die, and he wants to protect me, mm-hmm. and so she says uh, I'm not doing it unless unless I get a ring. Okay, uh-huh. she's yep. like, but you put a ring on it, and I'll take the mess. You basically, right, yeah, exactly. she, right? She asked, right?
1: She asked that she asked for his hand in marriage. Yeah, e- either you marry me or or you don't. You kind of said something funny to me. You were texting me, and you said, uh, she flat out already had this arranged. She already made all the preparations. She had talked she, to so and so, and and don't worry about a it, parent. It's already pretty much. You know, I made it is, sure by it's, custom, it's, it's, we're good. It's
2: really funny. I will say it, yeah. it is really funny. Cause it happens and it's like, okay, right. Um, and then it kind of go happens and like it's just the way the way it's told, and I'm listening to the audiobook too, where she's like, Well, I mean, you know, 'cause cause, cause Perrin at first says like, well, I, I'm I'm I I'll marry you when I can, but it's custom. And this is again, sure. we're talking about the customs, right? The IEL and everybody were understanding all these different customs. He says that you have to. We have. I would, have but wait. it has to it, have to wait a year. That's just how it works. And she's right.
0: like, "Well, I
2: kind of mm-hmm. already like set this up. I didn't know, but just in case you wanted to, you know, just to see what would
1: happen
2: if this right. could go, you know." And it's literally the way it, it's told, just like that. And so it was funny. It was, it was good. Yeah. It, was, it was really yeah. She
1: said, "Yeah, she, you know, she says Days Conger has told her that like, look, well, you know what? We'll probably go ahead and count the time that you had spent with him <laughs> beforehand. Right. I think that's good enough time. We're gonna take." Your word on this plus also war is happening he's our leader you know what let's get you guys married <laughs> in the midst of this right. case like crazy chaos like they get married and it's it's awesome i think the witnesses were so uh she's babbling right and Perrin gives her a kiss and just ask um her to marry him half an hour later uh aram and loyal standing for Perrin and bane and jihad for fayil uh the woman's circle performs their marriage so Mm-hmm. That is epic. It's epic. It's awesome. And uh good kind of moment. He needs help from Camelin. He really just doesn't want Fail there. He doesn't think right. they can win. He doesn't okay. he doesn't see a way in which they can win. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, okay, so let's let's actually go to chapter 56, and I think we'll just finish up Perrin's storyline. Okay. And then come back here. to Nynaeve and yeah. Right, come back. Yeah, yeah, Because it's it's really only one big other chapter. So um, so we're gonna just jump to chapter 56, Golden Eyes. So where um, they are married. Perrin mm-hmm. and Fayil are, are married. Um, they're in the Wine Spring Inn. They're beginning to write the letter, right? Um, and they realize that the IEL are back from scouting. He says there are thousands of Trollocs coming from north and south. Perrin finishes up his write, writing his letter, and he and Aram follow Ban um, out of the inn. They find all the women, children, and Tinkers are gathered on the green. The women are holding weapons. Daisy Conger announces that if the Trollocs break through, that they will have to get the children out. Perrin says that he's sorry uh, about what he did with Fael, uh, that he arranged for her to leave before an attack. Um, Luhan and, and Marin Alvir say that they would have expected nothing less and that they knew all along. Perrin leaves to go see the men and informs Ban and Tell that if things go badly that day, they are in charge of getting the women and children to safety. They argue, but he will have none of it. He then tells Aram to stay with the companions, but Aram insists of going wherever Perrin goes. On the west side of the green, the white cloaks are sitting on their horses. <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. And Perrin wants to know why they aren't in their battle places. Dane Bornhold tells Perrin that they are leaving, which angers the companion. Perrin tells him that if they stay and fight, he will go willingly with him. Run or stay if you can remember your men. If you need to find the courage, look, look at the women, Bornhold. Any one of them is braver than the whole wow. lot of you white cloaks. Yeah, this part is sick. sick. <laughs> he just goes off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bornhold becomes angry and informs his men that if we must die here, we will die clean. But he agrees to stay only if Perrin keeps his promise. Perrin continues on and finds his men crouched with their halberds and pole arms waiting. Harald Luhon and, um, and Abel Cawthon are among them. He then moves towards the south the end of the village where he finds Tam Althor readying more men for battle. Uh, Alana and Ivan are also there and the Aes is fussing over one of the catapults. Perrin decides that he will fight at the north side of the village as the north is the direction that Fael had taken out of Emmon's field. Um, Bran, uh, Bran is in charge, and loyal Gaul and Shiad are with him as they wait. Perrin contemplates all of the familiar faces around him, and like, and the you know, all every every everybody, you know, um, mm-hmm. Wick, Wick Conger and 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 Hugh Marwin and everybody. He's thinking about right, everybody right. who's there. Um, and the list goes on. and He forced himself to stop reciting the names. Right. Yep. Then Var. Then Varen rides up. And Perrin tells her that he is surprised that she and Alana are still there. Varen tells him, could I only split myself into three? I would uh, latch one onto each of you, right? Referring to Rand and Matt and follow you Mm -hmm. every moment of the day and the night, even if I had to marry you. As they finish talking, there is a sudden shout of asylum. Um, for thousands of approaching Trollocs, as the fights amongst the other MN fielders, he keeps reminding himself that Fa'iel is safe and nothing else matters. The battle is raging with Trollocs and even Murdraw falling to arrows and stones from the catapults. Varen makes her way to a cat- from catapult to catapult and everybody fights with everything they have. As the fighting continues on, the two rivers line begins to bulge inwards at a dozen places and Perrin knows that if it breaks in even one spot... All will be lost. He shouts an order to everyone to fall back among the houses. A trollic attacks Perrin just as everyone begins to back up, but Aram kills it. As they keep wow. fighting, Perrin is a sick moment. It's a sick moment. Wow. As they keep fighting, Perrin suddenly notices that the women are fighting side by side with the men. He sees Daisy Conger, Maranalfir, uh, Boadon, and Eldrin Cawthon. Uh, nice and... Uh, uh, Nicaea, Alain, and more, all of them are trying to swell the men's ranks, trying to keep the line from breaking. Perrin knows that they are the only reason the line is still
1: holding. Real quick, that's, that's two moments right there that are so epic that, like, literally the White Cloaks haven't budged. They haven't lifted a finger. And the women saw that the lines were breaking. They saw what parents saw that if the lines broke, the children would die. And they go to back their men and they fight. And it's just so absolutely sick. I love this. I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a war. It's, it's whatever. They're being attacked. A ram, a tinker who practiced the way of the leaf, was bad enough. He picked up a sword. Now he's killed. Now he's killed. It's just like. <laughs>
2: It, this is going to be an amazing episode. Oh yes, <laughs> yes it is. Yes it is. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. It is going. It is. It is. It is. It is going. It is going to be. It is going to be an amazing episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So so here we go. Um, Perrin begins to wonder where the white cloaks are. A boy runs up to him with a message. Lord Perrin, please listen. Master Althor says somebody's attacking the Trollocs. When Perrin asks who is attacking, the boy says he does not know, but that Master Alvir said to tell you he thought he heard somebody shouting, Devon ride. The young boy returns to the other children. (laughs) Perrin continues to fight until the messenger returns. Um, The Trollocs are breaking. They're even shouting, Devon ride. The men, I mean, I heard them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perrin asks what the young boy's name is, and he replies that it is, um, Jam uh, Jame, uh, Abara. Yep. Uh, and Abara. is your, <laughs> is your cousin, I, I think, right? Like, sort of, anyway. And Perrin has to close his eyes against the tears. Tears. Saved.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and a little Abara. All of the Abaras we thought were killed, and his family, and this is a distant Abara. And that new life, new hope. I mean, Wow. Wow, it's, it's, a it's, great, it's, it's a great, it's great, it's intense, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the battle against the
2: Trollocs has ended, and as Perrin rides through mounds of dead Trollocs, he sees Fael riding towards him. She tells him that she never promised that she would actually leave the two rivers. I said I would go. I did not say how far. All Perrin can do is look at her. She continues on telling him that the Watch Hill men who she brought with her help in the battle were ready, and that she barely had to say anything to convince them to come. She yeah. is very proud of herself, you know they followed me parent they followed me right mm-hmm. even yeah. uh, Ten- uh, Ten- Tenbaya has never led men into battle thinking mm-hmm. that he thinking that he is angry she tells them that he has no right to be mad but he cuts her and tells her that he loves her they embrace um pa- telling parent how afraid she was that she would never that she wouldn't make it she then asks if the devon ride men came parent wonders if she arranged that as well as the rescue from the watch hill men uh, she says that when the man came with the message, we are coming, I thought, I hoped that that wasn't what it meant. Mm-hmm. She then asked him not to be angry with her. And then uh, they go, this goes into this kind of thing where it's like, she's like, you don't promise me you'll never be upset with me because it's a promise that you can't keep. Promise me that you'll right. always tell me when you are upset with me. Yes, yes. Um, yep. Right, yep. right. It, kind, of a, uh, kind of a thing. Um, so then Perrin once again, once Again, begins to pay pay attention to his surroundings. He sees many familiar faces emerge from the carnage, and all he can think about are the faces that are still there, not the faces that aren't. Along with the people from his childhood, he sees people he doesn't know, people who must be from Watch Hill and Devon Ride. Uh, and as he looks around the white cloaks up here and this moment is, let yeah. me tell you, and uh, everything, everything we've seen so far, as crazy epic as it is, it's not even close to being as <laughs> epic as, as, as this, yep. as this moment. Um yep. The crowd begins to shout, "No, no! You will not take him!" Golden eyes cheers are, are are heard. Perrin becomes angry and tells Bornhold, "I said I would not resist if you aided. If you aided, you, yeah." White cloak, where were you? Days Conger of all people, <laughs> right, steps forward and tells Perrin that during the battle the White Cloak stayed in the Green and that they and that that was uh and that that was what he had promised. You know. Prompted the women to join the battle. Bornhold becomes enraged, saying that he hadn't trusted Perrin and that his plan only failed because of the help that arrived. As some of the White Cloaks drew their swords, the two rivered men leveled their bows at Let's the go. children of the light. Let's go. Yep. Ready to defend Perrin and Fael. Um, eventually Bornhold leaves, but not before prompting uh to one day see Perrin hang. As, yep. After the White Cloaks. Yeah, after the White Cloaks have left, a group of 10 or 12 men approach Perrin. The man that seems to be the leader bows to Perrin and says that his name is uh, Jarenvar Bastier. He says that some of his men will make sure that the uh, that the white cloaks leave, if that is okay with Perrin, and that many people from his village wish to get home as soon as possible. He bows again, as do the other men. After he walks away, Fael informs Perrin um, that Bastier is the mayor of Watch Hill, and the Watch Hill Women's Circle will be sending a delegation down under the wisdom once they're certain it's safe. Um, so, first and foremost, uh, then it switches to another point of view. We'll get to that in a yeah. second. Yeah. But... The summary doesn't even the the final summary there of the of the final talk between uh, the white cloaks and and Perrin specifically he doesn't doesn't at all do it justice. Basically, Perrin tells him to how do I put this politely? Oh yeah, f off, mm-hmm. buddy. Yeah. Is basically yeah. how it goes. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah I mean that's that's so nuts right they they stood there and so he's accused of being a dark friend and fighting white cloaks and killing them and he says fine you can have me if you ate us he thought all everything was lost and it just it's just karma it just works out that like wouldn't you know it you guys didn't raise a finger you believed we were going to die you, you you had no faith in us you you're waiting for it all to kind of crumble around and then you were going to kind of start to fight it's just so ridiculous and it's like now, I mean, that's a sin against the white cloaks, right? That's that's you didn't people died. More people you died than
2: had to because you yeah. proclaimed to be you proclaimed to serve the light. You proclaimed right. to def- be the defenders uh, against Trollocs and dark friends. And here you are. You stood by. Sti- sti- you stood idly by. Yep.
1: Yep. I know it's 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 crazy. I think it they are not the shield that guards the realms of men. No, they are not. Not even close. Uh, no. They are basically the, the group that harasses the realms of men and calls them all dark friends whenever they want to. So if you don't listen and jump when they tell you to, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it sucks. Um, real quick at the end of that, I'll just tell you what, you know, the Pot on Fane thing, he's ticked. Pot on Fane is wondering why the Trollocs weren't still coming through. He doesn't know that Loyal and, and, um, that Loyal went and closed the way gate, right? Mm-hmm. So he's pissed. Yeah. But yeah,
2: so yeah, so you know. after after the after the battle we get we cut to put on Fane's point of view, um, who was still going by the going by the moniker or right? Yeah. Um and he, he has been he has been standing on this hill watching this battle.
1: And as you said, yeah, he is he's irate, wondering what has happened. Yeah. Yep. But he he laughs when he sees the banner of Manetharin. He comes up with an idea. He says he's gonna to go to Camelin and then to Tarvalin. So he still has, you know, more plotting and scheming. He's got a faction, a small group of the white cloaks who he kind of converted over to his his will. He's something strange. But that's that's that. And then uh Perrin and and Fayel go into the Wine Spring Inn and they go relax and celebrate. I mean, essentially. Yeah. You know? Like it's great that's, that's 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 a way to put it you know
2: that's it's a way to I, p- right I mean right yeah so so yeah. um okay all right so now let's back up go back to Elaine and and the girls the and then even the girls um so I believe that means we will be talking about uh 54 um, 55. 54, 55, so into the palace, right? So, uh, Nynaeve, Elaine, and, and Egyanen are on their way to the Panarch's palace. They are riding in a cart with Baal Doman and 20 of his sailors to accompany them. As they ride, Elaine thinks back to the discussion that led them to this in the first place. Upon deciding that she that she and Nynaeve must go into the Panarch's palace as soon as possible. Baeldomen, Julian, and Tom all begin to insist that they must go along to protect the women. Nynaeve eventually puts an end to this. You all know what you have to do, and you cannot do it trying to watch over us like a pair of geese for market. and then offered to accompany them. After a bit of arguing uh, on Nynaeve's part, it was agreed. Elaine is jostled out of her um, when, when white cloaks stop the cart to question Bail Doman. As they are waiting to move on, someone begins shouting that, that the Panarch is Dead it seems mm-hmm. that this is
1: part of some sort of a plan to start a riot. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the chaos. They're going into um, the palace and kind of to help us get through this a little bit. Like really the the big takeaway is that they've wanted the black aja has wanted to cause a lot of a lot of issues. You've got a crowd rioting, bail doman's been telling them about this. The white cloaks are there stirring things up. Uh, black aja has put the panarch forward but now they've kidnapped her, taken her away and someone else is being put forward. So it's just a lot of chaos and they know like Nynaeve wants to get in there. It's the, it's about the artifacts. They're just trying to buy time and keep control the black Aja uh, long enough to where they can find special artifacts that they've been instructed to get, you know, again, they're just working uh, based off of different, different instructions. So, um, yeah, and then so we get into the palace, right? So, so part of this is that we get into the palace. Um, they go into a storeroom. They, they like, disguise themselves as different, uh, like, like workers in the kitchens and servants is, is how they kind of get in there. Bael Doman and his guys have to stay outside the crowds out there. And it's basically like, keep everybody out of here. Help with that because Bael Dolman has a crew of, of guys. And they're going to kind of help keep everyone out of the palace while they search the palace and find Amathera, the panarch. They think that they think that the Amathera originally thought is she a dark friend or is she whatever, and Teleron Riyadh, Naini figures out that she's being held prisoner. So their third thought was maybe she's a prisoner, and it's confirmed in Teleron Riyadh. So they're going in here to find her, and that's Elaine's job. Elaine is going to go find um, um, Amathera and try to convince her to leave with them. So let me skip down here, like kind of the last paragraph, uh, last two. Elaine and and, and demand to know if Amatera is alone. Amatera hesitates to speak. Um, you are not with them. You are Aes Sedai also, but not with them. So once Elaine gets there, it's the big distinction like, hey, you know, we are not Black Aja because she knows they were using the power. They were forcing her to do terrible things. Um, and she she reaffirms that, yes, you know, we are regular kind of uh, sisters, right? Uh, She tells them how the black black sisters had made her sit upon her throne and speak the words that they told her to speak. So she's their puppet. You know, she's just kind of doing whatever they want her to do. Um, And then she adds that uh, that one of the sisters was the one that was set to watch over her and that the black sister had hurt her for no reason except to make her cry. So it's torture. You know, I mean, they're just not not good at all. Um, In her dream, she would hold uh, her by her ankle atop the, the Tower of Mourning. And she was forced uh, to learn lewd dances and filthy songs, so not good stuff. Um, Amathera is convinced that what she must do now is to contact the Legion of Soldiers, and Elaine announces that she will. Um, oh yeah, Amathera wants to do that. That's right. Elaine is not having it. She doesn't want her contacting Legions of. They got stuff to do here still. So Elaine is like, no, we're not doing that. You listen to me, Panarch Amathera uh, of Tarabon. If you try to walk out to your soldiers. The Black Aja uh, may very well tie you up in a bundle and hand you, uh, hand you over, right? They'll do worse to you than they did before. And so that's, that's Elaine's kind of arc, going in, rescue mission to Amathera, and she's going to get her out. Now you shift to Nynaeve, and this is, this is it right here. This is a uh-huh. big... So Nynaeve's plan was to go look at the Idom. She wanted to go try to find that. She finds some interesting, uh, things in here and she comes across Mo Gideon. Uh, and I have to ask you, like when, when you're reading this part and you know that like Mo Gideon is a forsaken, did you remember the battle where they're just kind of facing off, um, uh, you know, the squaring off against one another? Like, did it not just seem? I know in the show, they're going to do a bunch of different like stuff with that to really make that seem, but it's just two women staring each other down weaving flows they're not really doing anything with their hands i really hope the show has them doing more stuff to make it look more animated because really even in the book it's described that if you would have walked into the room you would have saw two women just standing and staring at each other and i think we're going to need more than that in the tv show but it is a battle of wills and nynaeve is facing off against the forsaken and she is mad and she, for her she has to be angry That's to channel right right she's yeah. like she's like the hulk Right. The, the more yeah. angry she
2: becomes, the more powerful she becomes.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so real quickly, what, she, what she's in here, um, let me go over a couple of things that she finds. So she um, she's at this pedestal and it holds the black collar and the bracelet. And she 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 has a really bad feeling around that. It makes you want to weep. I mean, it's just something that they're going to use to control Rand. And that's, you know, it just has a really sickening kind of feeling. So there, there's that. Um, then, you know, uh, Mogideon shows up there. I think it was in here somewhere. I'm trying to figure out where it, where it was. We find a, Ooh, I better wait. We might not have found it just yet. There's one other object in here. That's very significant that she finds. And we'll talk about that. I don't even know that Nynaeve knows at this point what it is, but she picks up something too. That's kind of important. But the real thing is the Adam. She's there for that. And Mogadian walks in and then they face off and it's just this huge, huge battle. Um, so let me just read the end of this because it's really, really important. So she and Mo Gideon are fighting. Um, you can she Nynaeve notices that Mogideon is trying to distract her by talking and saying different things. And the more Mogideon is talking, she's realizing that, oh, the reason she's doing this is because I'm winning. Mm-hmm. Inch by inch, I'm pushing her weaves back. I am I, I am stronger. She realizes she is stronger than one of the Forsaken. Like, let's go. Like let's you talk about let like level like powering up and, and like how, who's who's the most powerful those kind of conversations now you have a marker for Nynaeve to say Nynaeve beat Mogideon, definitely, straight up, beats her. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, um, so uh, Mogidian's weaves uh, falter slightly. Nynaeve is um, giving Nynaeve this opening uh, to slide slide her shield. Between the other woman and the source, so she shields her. Nynaeve uh, talks of torturing her, which seems to terrify Mow-Gideon. Uh She puts the collar in the bra- um, Yeah, she puts the collar and the bracelet as well as the seal. There it is. I knew. It. I wasn't sure if it said it or not, but she has the seal. She finds a seal, found a seal into her pouch. Nynaeve pauses, um, and then one of the other, um, I think it's another one of the sisters, black Sisters shows up. Um, yes, with the Tyrion that can produce balefire. She manages to jump out of the way in time to avoid being hit by the weave, but when she does that, the shield goes loose on Mogidian and Mogidian gets away. But this person, uh, now, that, let's not forget that. That um, carrying a fluted black rod, a Tyran that can produce balefire. What? Moraine Ma- says, like, that's not, we, we shouldn't be using that. Like, if right. like that hits you, and by the way, this is a really good time to explain Balefire one more time. Let's say Matt has just, um, he's in a battle, and Matt's one-on-one fighting somebody, and I'm over here, and I have that Terran Grial. And Matt's actions, if, if Matt, let's say, um, is in a duel with another Blademaster, blade on blade, and Matt makes a killing blow against the guy that he's, that he's fighting, but I hit you with Balefire... Like one little thin beam, it hits you. Whatever you had just done, like the longer I hit you with Bale Fighter and the stronger the beam is, um, the more of what y- you and the pattern will be erased. You're gone. But um, the person who you just killed, it would undo that action. It would be as if you never existed. So the person you just killed would show back up again. Kind of yeah. thing. You know? Wild. It's wild, and Moraine right. can did it herself. That's what I'm saying. Moraine does like the dark Hounds, right? She uses that on the Dark Hounds. It's crazy. It is just crazy. So, so why don't anyway. they
2: use Balefire more often? To just be like,
1: we couldn't we or can't we well, just
2: erase this person from the wheel?
1: I mean, so I, tear up cities. It just it could destroy. I mean, it can cause ripples and rifts in the pattern that just like depending on how much of it you use it can undo things beyond repair like it's just that you need that you would actually end up needing because who knows getting rid of this
2: person the rob ripple somebody else up as a king right it's not worth could, it
1: could could be yeah it, it, like when it's dark hounds that's one thing you know what i mean um but when it's when it's other things like that's that's not good and more like, like if you use like if you use it on like land fear
2: it's like even though it's like oh we got rid of this forsaken woman Right. Yeah. And it's also it's, not it's, it's 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 somebody who's so important in the pattern that it would like be the the devastation
1: would be like yeah. insane. Well, it, yes. And so you, the other thing is why, why I said the if you send a pinprick and people can correct me if I'm wrong in this. Moraine has talked about this. Um, you can send a pinprick of Balefire at somebody and it'll just take it'll erase them from the pattern as of like five minutes ago or as of like an hour ago. Or something it'll undo them it doesn't it
2: doesn't erase them forever like all the backwards and forwards. And
1: all, unless you send a stronger be- like the stronger you hit them with that beam of light that that balefire you could eradicate them from ever having existed At i think i don't i think that's that's the way it works balefire always confused me when i was going through the series so if people have more um more knowledge on it than i do or if i got it wrong let me know but i I think it's like, that's why that, that comes out, that rod comes out of there and you've got like Balefire fire and you're shooting it around. It's crazy. It's crazy. But pa- be the careful. Is yeah. Being, yeah. The palace is being destroyed. Like part of it is like the, the palace is, is like unraveling. Like it's, it's crazy. So that's, that what that's the chaos that kind of allows Mo Gideon to get away. And like, I have got to get, when that is being shot at you, you get out of the way that touches you. You're done. You're gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Whew. all
2: right. Well, um let's move on. Okay, so I guess to we go forward to go forward we must go back. Yes. Right? Cuz I think we have yes. to go back to um, chapter 50, which is we're back to Cold Rock's hole. Um so this is chapter 50 Traps. So things are about to get real serious here, right? Uh-huh. Uh, pretty epic. Whilst walking through the hold, Rand notices many things about the Aiel life. All the men wear uh, wear the uh, Cadenceor, although there are a slight difference between the warriors and the craftsmen, right? Uh, For example, a smaller belt, knife, or none at all. Young boys wear robes, um, like the uh, guy Shane, uh, except they are brown and gray, or the uh, Cadenceor. Young girls wear their hairs in... um, uh, plates like like Egwene used to like the, the mm-hmm. uh, um except uh Rand doesn't realize that she wore them as a punishment. Um so he's just kind of seeing hey there's a uh, there's a lot of cultural stuff that's described in these in these next few chapters. Um they uh, Rand discovers that the jindo have gone to the roof of his or her society here at cold rocks hold and that the roof of the maidens is halfway up the east side of the canyon. The maidens guarding the roof refused to let him enter, but carry a message to the jindo and nine Valley maidens from him. Instead, Rand knows that the i have a love of ceremony and that gifts are often given as a thank you. He believes that he, if he gives Avienda get in it, a gift in return for her teaching that perhaps she will not hate him as much too as she hates him now. <laughs> um, the maidens come out of their roof. Rand is not permitted to enter and show him several gifts that he could give to Avienda. He decides on a wide bracelet of uh, ivory heavily carved with roses um, presented to him by Aldine, a Jindo maiden. Uh, Aldine will not let him pay for the bracelet, and assures him that I, uh, it will it will not dishonor her. A ceremony is then performed when Rand and uh, Idilin, uh, I, I, I don't know, uh, take a sip of tea and utter, "Remember honor." It is repeated for every Jindo and Nine Valley Maidens present. Ran finds Avienda beating carpets outside uh, Leon's house and gives her the bracelet as a gift in return for her teaching. Avienda doesn't appear to want the gift, and Rand thinks she believes that it will... um, harm her honor, so he tells her um, that the maidens approved. I, Avienda tells him that if the maidens have have approved of you, as if I still carried the spear, because they think that he is courting her. Ran cannot return the gift and reject the ceremony because that would harm her honor. They must let the maidens believe that they have already... Um, let them believe what they already believe. Avienda then apologizes to him for being angry during the meal, uh, though Rand thinks that Amis told her to apologize. So there's a lot of back and forth going on here um, with Rand uh, and Avienda, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're going back and forth. Did you, is, a, is it a forced apology? Is no apology? Um, you know, is Avienda there to
1: spy on Rand? You know, what's what's going on? Yeah, I mean it's, uh, yeah, is she there to spy on on Rand? I mean, she's she, she's reporting for the Wise Ones. Yeah, the problem, and what's upsetting about some of this, is that is that Rand is suspecting everyone of manipulating and pulling him one way or the other. Whether it's more rain, um, you know, th- I mean, gosh, the whole series starts off with uh, Balsamon wanting to join me, type of thing. Everyone's trying to get him to do something different. More rain, the White Tower, the Wise Ones. Um, the dark his, ones his friend yeah all of them <laughs> um we talked about landfear wanting him to she's a he's a part of her plots and stuff and then he's also a guy who he has his own plan and what's cool about rand at this point is he's telling no one what his plans are like he's keeping everything real close to the chest but he's just supposed to be learning from avienda but avienda is you know um and she's teaching him we're learning about the people through her uh you know Something's going on between him and Avienda. You know, they're they're right. definitely um, getting getting to know one another, and she's really protective of Rand and uh, just who he talks to. And she keeps bringing up Elaine and how she's going to like protect him for Elaine, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's troublesome because he starts to. You think with the Wise Ones, he might have a better relationship as he first you know gets gets here and gets close to them. Um, but by them sending Avienda, he starts to kind of suspect the wise ones want to control, control him in, in some way. And that he's also a man who can channel, who is faced with going mad. He starts to see shadows where there aren't shadows. You know what I mean? So, yeah. not that he has yet. I'm just, that's a, that was just a people like Rand's right, right, right.
2: analogy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, God. Yeah. So, anyway, so Rand um, drifts off to sleep. Uh, and has it has an interesting dream. Right. Elaine and Mem uh, and men are swimming here. They're in the Waterwood. Right. And tells Ram that he could not love both of them. He then sees Avienda on the bank and she tells him that you do not know who you love. But he's distracted when he hears laughter from the opposite bank. Lanfear stands there and asks if she should allow you to be unfaithful to me, even in your dreams. Rand does not recognize her, and when she tries to kiss him, he pushes her away. She then bites him because she wants to mark him as hers, but suddenly slips away from Rand when she hears another man's voice. Rand cannot see the man, only a blur the rough size and shape of a man. The man berates Lanfear for risking their plans, but Lanfear sneers that you risk as much as Mogadine. The man says that he uh, is tired of pulling strings on a puppet, uh, and Lanfear is angry because she thinks the man is betraying her. The blur disappears, and then so does Lanfear, and shortly Rand wakes up. So we, we already talked about that just a little bit, right, um, yeah, before when we were doing our Lanfear uh, study. So, um, uh, to go a little bit ahead here, um, Ran wakes up. He realizes he's not alone in the room. Uh, There's somebody else in there. It's Avienda. Um, He stands up, and she says, I do not believe I will ever become used to uh, a man channeling. Ran is angry at her because he could easily easily have mistaked her for an assailant and killed her. Avienda lets slip that the wise ones had meant to, uh, to watch him for his dreams. Avienda was not allowed to help them because, uh, Sienna said it was too dangerous tonight. She doesn't really know, um, why she is in his room. I could not protect you very well, but she is cut up by Rand when he realizes that there was a, um, uh, a feel in the air, a sense of wrongness. Mm. Rand channels the sword into existence and motions for Avienda to follow him. As he padded, uh, from the room, Uh, He moves through the silent house and spots one of the Gaishin uh, with a man. Rand thinks that uh, Chion is kissing the man, but when the man turns around, he sees that it is a Mm Drakkar. The Drak tries to ensnare him uh, with its song, but the void dispels its effect, allowing Rand to kill it. Avienda checks Chion for signs of life, but quickly realizes that she is dead. She has to throw herself on the floor... Uh, when a bar of solid fire shot over from his blade to strike the chest of the drakkar, just uh, filing out, you know, it's go, it's as it's leaving, ran orders Avienda to wake the hold while he strikes the gong, the signal that the hold is under the attack. Leaving the warmth of the house, Rand sees Sienna's body lying on the path. She had no chance against the Drakkar. When Rand s- strikes the gong, chaos erupts in the hold as the I.L. prepare to fight. He can hear howls of Trollocs as he kills another Drakkar with the one power. Rand is joined by Ruark, who offers him a uh, Shufa, but Rand refuses to wear it because they hunt for me. They can't find me if they do not know where I am. Rand runs towards the battle.
1: Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is this is a strike against him. I mean, this is a like almost like a uh, he's either trying to be distracted or an, it's like an assassination attempt or something and yeah, the drug car is a scary looking creature for sure, right? It's something that's sneaking up giving you it's not the kind of kiss you want, right? Not the mm-hmm. kind of kiss you want late at night. Uh so yeah, that was that was wild and, and I mean you really see uh, Avienda level up too. She she's really cool and remember she's a maiden of the spear and she's someone who can can hold her own. Uh and so she's running right along with Rand as as they go out to kind of face this threat. Um but what was this? You know, this adds to sort of some of the mystery as to like what's going on around Rand, who's trying to stop him from getting to all car uh Dahl. Like, is that is is someone trying to stop him, or is this just trying to take him out? Was this a, a weak attack, a strong attack? I mean, Pieces on a chessboard. It makes me think, like, who's doing what? One of the things I'll go back to earlier on in this book is that Celine is a Forsaken who is there in front of Rand, and she suspects that this attack, this the Gray Man assassin, might even be separate from the Trolloc attack. You know what I mean? Like, three right. different Forsaken might have been working to kill Rand or something at the Stone of Tear, but weren't working together. If that makes sense. You know, like like, she's there... And there's an assassin. Oh, and who uses assassins? And then you also have a, um, this group of Trollocs being led in there as well. So right. the Forsaken and don't. She wants to be cohesive. on the same page, and she yeah. wants to, and she and Well, you get that when she's talking
2: to Balzamon and Landfair Clearly, you know, she, I think in that in that conversation, it seemed like she was questioning Balzamon, um, and I. It's like it's be, it's pretty obvious that she has her own agenda
1: yes for sure she does she does yeah she is she wants something from Rand. she wants to rule with him she i think she's one of those people who kind of believes that together we are smarter we have a way in which we could maybe rule ourselves it feels like a darth vader saying together you and i could rule rule the galaxy galaxy. yeah yeah which is awesome so Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so there's another point of
2: view in here and it is matt's point of view um right so uh matt's you know, pulling an uh, Ashendari, uh right, uh is is, is pulling his Ashendari from the body of a dead Trolloc. He's angry that the pull of a Tavirin to Taviran has pulled him in yet another battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, here he is right, right again. <laughs> yeah. He looks around and sees that Moraine is healing the wounded and that more of the Aiel are coming out of their houses to help. A maiden tells him that you dance the spear well, and comments uh that the Trollocs might have reached the hold had Moraine not been there. Matt points out that there weren't enough uh there weren't, weren't enough for that, but regrets it when the Maiden asks um, if he is a battle leader among the Wetlanders. Matt walks over to the peddler's wagon and sees Ascendre. He tells her that the Trollocs have been killed, only to have her slam the door of the wagon in his face. Angry, he turns towards the hold and sees Rand walking up towards him with Avienda. Moraine hurries up and tells Ran that the Drakar were surely aimed at you, only to be told that he already knows that. She warns him that prophecy is most dangerous when you try to make it happen, and asks him to confide in her. Rand agrees to confide in her if she promises to stop manipulating him, and Moraine uh, promises that she will do nothing to hinder you fulfilling your destiny. This isn't enough for Ran, so he refuses <laughs> to tell her anything of his plans. Yep. Ruark walks up to the group and tells Rand that the Trollocs were only a diversion for the Drakar and that he expects the Grey Man to attack soon. He tells Rand that, she, uh, that he should be... Protected at all times and that the maidens have volunteered for the task. Rourke also tells Rand that all of the Aeel will be on their guard in case the next attackers are 10,000 Trollocs instead of a few hundred. Matt asks if the Shido camp will be safe and Rourke replies that they needn't worry about the Shido. Cooladin
1: and the Shido folded their tents at nightfall. Mm Mm-hmm yeah they did and so there i mean to, to to yeah to wrap that up right they are taking off they are heading uh on without anyone else trying to get there first and it's rand who will say there to ruark ah, it's time to go that yep. we need to get there now in case anybody else is gonna get there beforehand and then they talk about giotto and honor and like like custom and it's like well remember this is the guy who 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 breaks all the customs, okay? Mm-hmm. So he can do what he wants. You can you can bring up all these customs and all this kind of stuff and just, you know, insulting different clan chiefs, but look, guys, it's time to get past that. So mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's
2: skip to chapter 47. So we did some bouncing around, but here we are. a Breaking in the Threefold Land. So this is where things get really, really good. And I think for maybe sake of time, uh, as we're pushing two hours here, let's just kind of talk about the last three chapters kind of all at mm-hmm. once. Um, as so, uh, you know, the, the, the whole deal. So, Well, I guess actually it's just the final two chapters. So 57 and 58. Yeah. Um, yeah. first of all, I loved both of these chapters because I we were talking and we were like, okay, well, the parent thing is so big because he's like Emmons Field and the White Cloaks and everything, but it's like, how do we not talk about Rand? Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, what, what happens here? So I mean, basically, basically I can kind of uh, I, I can kind of give a quick just summary here is yeah, they get to the council, essentially, yes, of of the Iel. And Coolidin begins to proclaim himself as the dragon reborn, right? Or what? he who comes with the dawn because he literally walked in as the sun is coming uh-huh. up. First of all, what a joke.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, and
2: yeah. right. And Rand basically tells everyone, Well, I know what's I know what's at Rudion. I was there. That's and right. he begins to say some things that they that they don't want to hear. But sometimes right. you have to be faced with hard truths that the Aiel used to be the Tinkers or the uh-huh. Tinkers broke yeah. off. They used the Aiel. The way of the who leaf. Have, the Aiel have not always been great warriors. The Aiel, the Aiel used to follow the way of the leaf. And they. some people get upset, but Rand tells them it is what it is.
1: Yeah, he says, I saw the age of legends in the beginning of the Aiel journey to the threefold land. I saw the Aiel when they were called the Dachene Iel, and followed the way of the leaf. They know what that is, and they cannot believe it. All of the clan chiefs behind Rand look at one another and say, yep, only clan mm-hmm. chiefs you know, could talk about that kind of stuff. And, in the, you know, and so they know it's true. They know it's mm-hmm. true. The wise ones know. The clan chiefs know. And so Cooladin, he gave him a chance to speak first. Go ahead, Cooladin. Tell him what happened in Rudion. And he doesn't know. No, he doesn't know. know. He doesn't nope. know. Um, and he gets upset and he tries to kill Rand. Hurls a spear at him. Yes,
2: he does. And, yes. and And Adolin steps. Adolin steps in front of him and is wounded. And this is where Rand Althor goes off. He yeah. reaches. He reaches for Sidine, and and it begins to rain. Something that has never happened mm-hmm. in the Aiel Waste mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And so, yeah. and abruptly, someone forms a domed barrier around Rand, and it is Landfear. She berates him for what he has done. Rand says that he has not expected Landfear to reveal herself so soon, and when um, and when she seems surprised, he tells her that he knew from the day he left here that she was following him. Mm-hmm. He demands to know where Landfear's accomplice is, and as Landfear begins to speak again. uh of the two saangrial with which they can rule the world Rand reaches out for Sidene again and opens a gateway to Rudion. um when she asks uh, what is important in Rudion, Rand uh, responds that Os- 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 Osmodin, mm-hmm. yes 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 is there and leaves yeah so to, this and-
1: is this is cool this is this is cool all right I mean, the, the setup is that like when they spoke at, at, at this place, it could be heard. Like their voices can boom around here. The speaker up there, again, you have thousands and thousands of IEL listening and who have come to hear this great report. And their leaders are high up on a cliff, like talking to them, and it's just echoing out. And they're proclaiming. I mean, that is going to be an epic scene right there, right? That is epic. And the crazy this thing this is a season cool finale, me, obviously. Yeah, this it has is wild. To be. <laughs> yeah, this is this is wild. I mean, this this. This reminds me of like, you, you know, like, and this is such a weird reference, but like, not the same way, but you know, the in um, The Lion King, when they're holding Simba up out over the, the, right, the right, people, yeah. it's kind of like one of those things, except for, it's, it's, it's more, um, there are big walls that cause the sound to echo and for it to just be booming out there, so, kool has, he comes forward with the dragon, right, he's got the dragons, Cooladin has dragon markings on him, so and Rand is a little bit shocked. Everyone's sort of like, but Rand had him, and Cooladin didn't. They all were there to see that once upon a time, how did Cooladin get these marks? And so, more on that later. But uh, he still, he, he it's it, it's fake. It's all fake, and and essentially, you know, he's able to convince people of this truth. You you start to see. Uh, the chaos that, that takes place, the, these different clans, blood feuds, this is supposed to be a place of peace, um, and the Shido are throwing spears. And, and it's, it's hitting the fan. And he's ready, he's causing it to rain, and he's ready to, to go fight right now. He's, he's doing all of that, and then boom, Celine, dome. Right, Landfair Caps yeah. him. Or, or sorry, Selene, so, yeah, Landfair Caps him. And uh, they start talking, they start discussing things, and he can't believe, you know, he knew she was there. Where's your accomplice? What's in Rudion? The Choden Call. Talking about way back, uh, Selene, when he was in um, the Great Hunt, was going to Kyrian, and the king was digging up one of the, the male, this big globe-looking thing, right? And Rand will think about them at the end of this book and how important they are. And he will go to... So I think the next chapter, we'll get into it. He decides to go to mm-hmm. Ru- uh, Rudion because Osmodian's going there for something. Osmodian wants something in that, in that chapter, or in that in that uh, city to help him rule or to give him more power you know right so and
2: yeah. so and so it's inter- I mean it, it's interesting basically uh Rand it, this this portal opens and Rand just walks right through I mean he just basically it seems like he can just place himself wherever he wants now right I can just a- yeah. appear anywhere uh which is a kind of they kind of like undercut that uh in the in the story he just but, does it. I mean yeah he just does it I mean it's not like I mean before he's like it seems like he's kind of done some traveling that he like it would, like it's in the eye of the world, right? He does that, um, to so there's that battle, right, that he like somehow kind of appears in and then in the Great Hunt it seems like it's it's kind of happening beyond outside of his control, but in and everything else, like they've had to go to a way gate or whatever. And here he's just like, Nope, I can just I can just like portal step and unless it's happened another time where he's willingly like just created, I can't think that he has.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, no. This is this is definitely something new, and this is something that that we are just again. Uh, the reader is supposed to just trust that. All right, this is a new power. This is something new right. you can do, and we don't even know how he does it. Who takes over? This seems to be someone else. It seems like Rand takes a back seat, in loose there and Luce Theron steps forward because he's mm-hmm. doing stuff that he should not have a clue how to do. You know what I mean? And that is and, that
2: is this this chapter is really is does feel like a it's it's kind of hinted at and said a little bit. This mm-hmm. is really a loose Theron chapter.
1: Yeah, and that, that, that kind of comes forward because like, Moraine is looking like, how did he do that? They're all ast- astonished, but like some coolness, some evenness comes over him and he just starts doing things that it's almost like automatic. No mm-hmm. effort whatsoever. I'm just going to go follow this person. He's, he's he's visualizing Osmodian, follows him on these silver kind of like plates that move through darkness, and it takes him. He follows Ozmodian. He, he finds him, uh, and they're there at 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 Rudion together. He thought that he was going to be Kadir, uh, right, the peddler. That that was Kadir, the peddler. He talked about his eyes and shifting eyes. He's astounded to see it's actually Jason Natale, who was the Gileman, who was traveling with the. Um, other with with the peddlers, and so he's a little shocked. Jason Natale, the gleeman is Osmodian. He's you know shocked. So that's kind of whatever. Um, but yeah. So then they get in. So they're moving forward. Um, let's see here real quick. So when they reach the plaza containing all the Tehran grial Osmodian leaps forward leaps towards a small white stone figurine of a man holding a crystal sphere in one upraised hand. He lets out this cry, but Rand's hand latches onto it a heartbeat later. They both reach through the Tyran drawing Saedin through it. Rand is faintly aware of a half-buried statue of the same figurine, uh, only many, many times larger, pulsing with the one power in Kyrian. So that's the one that when Rand was standing in in the great... Hunt next to it, and Selene was next to him saying, You fool, don't channel into that. You know nothing, you know nothing. Like, back off and let's go, let's get out of here. And she then tries to the phrase this The king's men are gonna come investigate us, but she knew he'd kill himself if he tried that on him. On, wasn't on, on was, was was ready for it, wasn't ready, right? Re- yeah. So now they have what's called like an access key. He's holding on to this access key. This will give him access to that and help him safely channel it. And it's what Osmodian wants. So they are just wrestling and fighting, and then just, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that, that, that's happening here. Um, he's using all of his strength. And again, Rand is not trained. He may be more powerful than Osmodian, but at this time, he doesn't know what he's doing. Osmodian still has, I mean, even if it is loose Theron, it's still kind of like there's a struggle going on in Rand. Um, and he has to use every inch of power that he has. And he draws upon something special, something he took out of, I believe, the Stone of Tear, the little fat man Angrial. Mm-hmm. right he drew just enough power to kind of inch out Osmodian um which which is awesome so he's able to kind of you know uh beat him he severs him from the dark one severs him cuts him off and 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 so he's 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 cut off there and i think it's landfear who is watching the whole fight go down right she's all of this mm-hmm. and she shields him osmodian shields osmodian then you figure out all that she's wanted this whole time is for Rand to have a teacher and she has been waiting for this she's almost like yeah she almost stops ran from entering a fight there with the aiel and cool to say something else like you know like something bigger else is bigger going on. bigger yeah yeah bigger yeah.
2: picture here yeah i mean yeah she yeah so lanfear appears um and and she says, "With with these together, we can displace the great lord of dark himself. We can loose Theron together.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she wants. She she thinks with these objects, know, yeah, possibly that they that they could do that. Um, it's just it's just wild. So, uh, Osmodian wants help. Forsaken helping Forsaken, right? Um." Rand tells her that that Osmodian uh, has been cut off from the dark one, and her eyes widen in shock as she says that she had not thought it possible. Osmodian pleads for landfear's help so it's not just that he's been no uh, he he still has access to the one power to to Sidine which is tainted it's tainted but he's been cut off to the dark one's power whatever that is he's been cut off Landfear is shocked she didn't think it was possible, but he has been and so he wants her help and uh yeah Osmodian calls out Uh, again he he pulls as much of siding as he can not much considering how exhausted he is and throws a weave between the two the weave turns out to be balefire um oh i'm sorry let me back up Osmodian uses lanfear's real name right um which i always say wrong mirin i think it's mirin um she becomes enraged and Rand is afraid that she's going to kill him. So he does something almost to like, not that she wanted to kill him, but it seems like she has a, a temper and he hit yeah. a button for her. And then, you know, was just kind of ready to go off and kill Osmodian. And don't ever mention my real name type of thing. And so he throws this weave between them, Balefire. Uh, Rand asks landfear if she means to harm anyone uh, in Alcaradol. Lanfear wants to know whom he thinks she might kill. I thought you had realized... You did not love that little farm girl, or is that uh, the Aiel Jade? Jade, Yeah, yeah. Rand tells her that he simply doesn't want anyone to get hurt, as uh, he still can use them. It's painful for him him to say that, but like, I need to use them, Lanfear. Don't kill any of them. They're all my pieces, you know, kind of thing. Almost like he's playing a game Mm -hmm. for a little bit. Um, She just laughs. Rand asks her, uh, which one she was, meaning which disguise had she been in the I.O. waist. And this is when she reala- she she reveals that she's Kylie. She's Kylie. She's one of the older kind of like I said, she's not a not necessarily attractive according to Matt and others. Um older woman, heavier set. Uh, right, because so. yeah, Landfear talks about like if I have to put on a few pounds to Yeah, you know,
2: whatever, I can for a little bit, which is like a you know, whatever kind of a line. Um, so then, this is where things get really kind of interesting. So Rand approaches Osmodian and finds another figurine just like his, only female. Osmodian tells Rand that Lanfear would rip his heart out and put her, uh, you know, and, and to put her hands on it. Right? Um, they start back for Dahl, using the same method to leave Rudion as they did to arrive. Rand tells Osmodian that they need a name that he can call him by. He decide, he had decided a while ago that he would um, use Osmodian. As his teacher, mm-hmm. they settle mm-hmm. on just referring to him as uh, Jason. Uh, J- uh, Jason Atiel, mm-hmm. Gleeman to the Dragon Reborn, and Rand tells him the first thing he wants to do is learn how to guard his dreams. Eventually, they arrive at Arkar'dal. The rain has stopped, and Rand notices that there are approximately a fourth fewer Aiel than there were before. Moraine, Egwene, Avienda, the wise ones and land, have joined the clan chiefs and maidens on a ledge. He is told that the Shadow have left, and as uh, as have many other Aiel who couldn't handle the revelation of the history of the Aiel, and that they uh, all that are left are the ones who will follow Rand, and that is the Shadow Rising.
1: Yeah. So this is kind of cool at the very end. Uh, they're talking about all of that. Um, Egwene, they're all kind of mystified as to, you know, all the stuff that happened. They're explaining what happened. Uh, let me see if we can find just the last paragraph of this. So Rand looked back up at the people on the ledge, all of them watching, waiting. It will be a long road back. Uh, Baal turned his face long and bloody. Aiel faces did not change. Egwene half stretched out a hand toward him, eyes pained, but he ignored her. When the rest of the clan chiefs come, it begins. It began long ago, Ruark said quietly. The question is where and how it ends. For that, Rand had no answer. Turning the dapple, he rode slowly across the canyon, surrounded by his particular retinue. Aiel parted in front of him, staring, waiting. The night's cold was already coming on. Um, the night's cold, right, was already coming on. Uh, it's cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's just really something that, that Lanthier is in all these different spots and has him kind of in vulnerable places. And, and she's got her own plan. She's very confident. She's very strong, very, very, very strong. And he barely beats Osmodian. I mean, and again, I think it's untrained and Osmodian's, you know, skilled. Um, and I don't think landfear did know that that access key was there, right? I mean, that's what Osmodian said. If she would have known that that key was here, because she can't use the male key, so if they want to fight over the male key, go ahead. But where's the female key? It's right next to it, right around that area. But there's all this. It's, you'd have to look. There's so many mm-hmm. Deronkriol. It's just got lost. And wouldn't it be chance or something that Rand finds it, picks it up, keeps it, takes it back with him? So wild. Whew. Guys, well, that is the shadow rising.
2: As mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the endings, the endings pretty. I mean, I gotta. I the ending to this, I I loved, man. I mean, the Perrin, Perrin and the white cloaks, and you know, uh, Nynaeve takes down, takes on a, a a Forsaken and Rand and Lanfear and the Aiel and so it, things are
1: heating up, man. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. It's, it's awesome. It's cool. And it's, it, you can see now that with the Aiel, he has a group of them. But, I mean, he has united quite a few of the clans. Others will come. The Shido, maybe not. But others have left. And he's really uh, sent, a, sent a major ripple through them where some of them are broken because they have failed in some ancient oath. And that they feel like they have, dis- that by picking up a spear and by abandoning the way of the leaf, they've, that in its, of itself is dishonorable. You know what I mean? But in their whole system is built on this honor code and Gia to. So it's one of those things like we hear we start to see the fracturing of the shan Chen culture, maybe the potential for it with the right. Adam and the Suldam and all that kind of stuff. And then you see the iel really up close. Uh, we're going to keep watching them and see what happens now. That they know the truth, not just the clan chiefs. Everyone knows right. now the rumors. Well, look at spread. look at look at everything. I mean, and then we'll talk. We're going
2: to talk a lot more about this in our extended edition. But I mean, just look at everything we've got so far, right? If in terms of preparing for the last battle, I mean, Rand is leveled up quite a bit. So, as mm-hmm. have the girls. As has Perrin. Matt. Some of his stuff's coming. He's still talking. He still gets those like weird kind of visions, and he'll say things from like ancient language. Um, but uh, you know, you think about what we've got we've got tier. United, we have Calendor. Mm. I mean, it's hanging out, but we've got it. Uh, we now have a lot of the Ayo chiefs and Perrin's united the two rivers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Perrin just married Fael. By the way, we didn't really mention uh,
0: Perrin's dad. Big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Davron like... Breshear. Yeah, yeah. And, and so she mentions like, you know, even Queen Tenobia had not led men in battle. And so she was proud of that. Queen Tenobia is her sister or her cousin, the queen of uh, Saldeia and Queen Tenobia's uncle is Davram Bashir, which is mm-hmm. Baio's father. Crazy. Yeah. So a lot of so. cool allies and and pieces that that the Dragon Reborn can use. Right. But you
2: know what else has happened? Yeah. As this is the Shadow Rising, the Dark Ones have 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 gotten a few things, like yes. I don't know. The White
1: Tower. So, I mean, uh, it's yeah. pieces
2: have been moving. Pieces, right, pieces, ha- pieces yes. are
1: moving. That's true. That's true. Citrus of power, and and where are they? What are they plotting? How many more are out there? Right. It's just ominous sort of like, who right. else is? Because you white, said this. the The White Cloaks, who at this point I'm
2: ready to call yeah. the Dark Cloaks. They're the Turn Cloaks. There Something. we go. Something. The Turn. The Turn Cloaks, as we can yeah. call them, have turned away from the light. Yeah.
1: Seems like. Yeah. That was wild. That was wild. Yeah. So we'll just have to to see how these different groups change. It seems like there's a lot of change among these different countries and seats of power. You can see how quickly things can change. You know, all these ancient customs and rituals and whatever with the IEL people, they're all being broken. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we almost get to know a little bit about it and then we get to watch it break and watch it reform, which is wild. So... Mm-hmm. all right hey okay, guys um Woo. yeah so that that is that is it for the shadow rising my gosh really cool stuff um i just wanted to real quickly before we we're going to close out here uh i just wanted to say thanks again to all of our patrons and everybody who has supported us so far again um lord zedley thanks again for you know um all the all the the, the shout out and the message there on patreon just about character examinations we're gonna have more of those we're gonna have tons more stuff we got an extended edition coming uh we're gonna talk about the whole book We've got summaries that we're doing for the various books, character studies, all that good stuff. It's going to be on yeah. YouTube. Also, we've hit 500 subscribers. 500. Let's mm-hmm. go. Pretty cool for us. Small little podcast. Yes. That's kind of cool. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, go subscribe over there. We would love to kind of continue to, to grow in subscribers. And the more we do, we're going to make more content and things, which is just going to be a blast. It's gonna be a blast. Abs- absolutely. Got as real quick before before we close out here, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, friends, you can find me on uh on Twitter, uh mostly, tweeting, uh, and on Instagram at womprat underscore two M. That's where I'm at. I also do run the um heroes of the I'm sorry, the Horn of Valir you follow um at the horn of valir that is our kind of twitter account for this podcast and i'm the one who pretty much runs that you can send me messages there too if you feel more comfortable with that um but yeah hit me up on social media absolutely and you guys can find me instagram
2: twitter as well youtube at super gains bros so you can do that and of course as i said Hit us up at the Horn of Valir, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. We do have a Facebook group now. It is a spoilers group, so be warned. I don't even. Some people have tagged me in posts, and I haven't even looked at them because I right. can't. But for everybody else, I hope it's a great conversation. So and it's I will good. check them out. It's been great. I'll check there. them out in a couple months. So, right. um, anyway, so we, guys, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next
1: episode, we will be discussing the Fires of Heaven, the Prologue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write or if you leave a comment or send us a message at thehornovalier at gmail.com. We will see you soon. And remember that the grave is no bar to our call.